My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT update, takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, my name is James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined. Today it's a WNR272, and it is NXT update. Before we start with anything, though, let's do the alternate intro. And Dan, do you know what? You've got a friend in me. You know that? You've got a friend in me when the road looks rough ahead, and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your young pal said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Yeah? You've got a friend in me. I felt you really meant that as well, Jay. I did. And now the intro. Well, so this is the start of a huge NXT weekend for the WNR podcast. Tonight we have NXT update recapping the past few weeks, including the Dusty Classic. Don't worry, we'll bring you NXT UK on our Magnificent 7 special. Well, tomorrow we'll be live for NXT TakeOver Portland live pre-show. But let's get started. Uh, so let's get started. NXT and Dan, when does NXT update start? Now! So here we go, January 8th and the opening highlights take us all the way back to December 18th, focusing on Johnny Gargano's return and Ray Ripley's title win. We also hear briefly from all four fighting to become a number one contender to the North American title and see a Dusty Rhodes heavy hype video for the tag tournament. Then Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness. Oh, sorry, I've, I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah, doing his impression no more. And Beth Phoenix, <laughs> welcome us to Full Sail. And here comes our new NXT Women's Champ. Well, Ray Ripley soaks in the fans chanting her name and waits a chorus of You Deserve It. Then she speaks of the memories she has becoming a new champ and celebrating on top of our shoulders. She'll never forget those memories, but here comes Tony Storm. Well, Nigel reminds us that Tony beat Ray for the UK Women's Championship as Tony marches down to the ring. She says how happy and proud she is for Ripley, but remember how she beat her, though twice so after storm wins the uk title back at takeover blackpool 2 this sunday she wants to become champ champ at worlds collide so how about it well ripley agrees after shushing a tony two belts champ but here comes current uk champ kaylee ray so there's no way she's losing the title in blackpool for that much further ayo shy comes here she points at ray's belt and says mine and here comes bianca belair the est says she she's better than eo kaylee and tony doesn't even deserve to be here. She's definitely better than Ripley and now here comes Candice LeRae. She doesn't even want to talk when the Nightmare says wants to fight. So does she. Well, things, oh, well, things break down and the hills head for the ramp and we're informed that it's now a six-woman tag. Yeah, it's Ray Ripley, Tony Storm and Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai, Bianca Belair and Kaylee Ray. Well, the action starts with Candice diving headfirst onto the hills as we go into a 
pip for some ads. Well, Candice is in the corner, in the hill corner when we return, but she puts the ray on her shoulders and gets a poison rana for her troubles. Belair gets a quick tag but can't keep Candice from tagging Tony in. She comes in hot and clears things up, then goes one-on-one with Lee, Lee Ray in a preview of Sunday. EO tags in, hits a drop kick, a backbreaker sets her up for a moonsault, but Belair tags herself and she sets up for a KOD, but Shirai launches herself from the middle ropes to drop kick both of them. EO angrily, angrily leaves and Rare is in for the finish. She hits Riptide after a few other moves. Well, Rare Ripley, Tony Storm and Candice Ray defeated EO, Shirai, Bankabair and Katie Ray. The faces look to celebrate and Candice has the NXT title. She goes to hand it to the champ, but takes a moment to appreciate it. Ripley doesn't seem to approve, but they end up being okay and celebrate together. Well, after the announcers make a plea for donations to Red Cross to help Australia, Tommaso Ciampa gets a video package reminding us that he never lost the NXT title. Every time he sees Adam Cole with Goldie, he feels empty inside. Cole took his life, and he wants it back. After a break, Heath Lee is warming up and vows to pounce everyone who gets in his way in 2020. Then, it's Dusty Classic time. And of course, bonus points are in effect. We get one point for the advance to the next round. One point for knocking each other out. And two points for the eventual winner. So, Dan, your pick is... The Bruiserweights. And your pick is... The Time Splitters. Uh, so, we got Kushida announcing the mystery partner. But we start off with our first match. And it's the Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake... And Steve Cutler versus Imperium, Fabian Eichler and Marcel Barthel. So we are going to have every single match from the Dusty Classic on the podcast today. And we start off with these two teams. Are these two teams worthy, Dan, of being in the Dusty Classic? See how um, well the Forgotten Sons did last year. Well, I, I think uh, Imperium certainly are worthy of being here. You know, they are a strong tag team in the NXT UK scene. The Forgotten Sons, well, I've forgotten they even existed, James. <laughs> Have they not been used? I mean, they faced, uh, I think they lost to the, in the finals last year to uh, Ali B and Ricochet. Do you think they've been used well or do you think they have actually been forgotten? Could they be a successful tag team in NXT? Um, I think they're just tag team cannon fodder, to be honest. As for Imperium, are you impressed with what they've been doing recently? I am very impressed, yeah. You know, they come up short in a tag team ladder match at Blackpool. Takeover 2. 2. But, you know, they've uh, got a lot to offer. I think they're young enough to get over that now and do you think to themselves, especially with Walter there as a champ, they'll be seeing gold, I think, in 2020. And maybe they can start off with a Dusty Classic. I mean, to get through and to actually win it, there's got some great winners. So how come you didn't go for Imperium then, James? Uh, I think Imperium might have been one of the favourites, but I, I like the old-ball tag teams and I think we've got two picks there in tag teams maybe are not familiar in the uh, NXT or WWE. That could, might make a difference. And Cutler's making a difference now, getting a hot tag and taking out Eichner with a backbreaker, but can't get him down. Oh, and he gets a two count. Two. Oh, Cutler, he's got the um, Boston Crab locked in on Barthel. Uh, Eichner, sorry. It looks like the Forgotten Sons want to put Imperium away early. Do you think that's part of the game plan? Well, it is. You know, they, uh, the longer the match goes on, the more punishment that Imperium can certainly deliver. But now there's uh, Barcel with a kick from behind. He gets a blind tag and back suplex by Eichner. But Barcel still can't put him down. But now it looks like Cutler's in a bit of trouble. Tags in Eichner. But Cutler's kind of escaping from the Imperium corner. Crossbody attempt gets caught by Eichner. Pats him onto his shoulders but manages to escape. Gets the tag in to uh, Wesley Blake. But let's not forget Wesley Blake. 
as he's a bit of trouble now, but he's the only guy in this match who's held tag team gold in NXT. Oh, wow. Springboard moonsault attempt from Eichner gets caught. A huge lariat to Barthel. Springboard moonsault. Feet up for uh, Barthel. He's ready to finish this off. Oh, brain buster suplex to... No, only a two count. Two. And that was a nice set of moves there between these uh, two guys. And I think Wesley Blake looking quite impressive. Like I said, former champion alongside uh, Buddy Murphy with Alexa Bliss as manager. That seems like a lifetime ago now. Who's Buddy Murphy, tag team champion at this moment in time. And Ike and Barfell looking to put away Blake. But Cutler in for the save. Oh, throw Eichner against Barry Cade, who's not wearing his protective mask anymore. Barthel set up. Super kick, fisherman, driver combination. <laughs> wow. But Eichner with a crossbody takes out Cutler. He sends him into Blake, who was pinning uh, Barthel. And one man we've not mentioned in this match is who's at ringside. So what's his name, James? Well, Jackson Riker at ringside looking on. We've not mentioned what he maybe could do. And be the third man in this match. Yeah, there's no Alexander Wolf or Volta in the Imperium corner for backup. Huge spine buster and a kick to Blake. Eichner's got him up for a powerbomb, but no, Hurricane Rana. <laughs> wow, very impressive by Blake. He's caught inverted DDT. Well, he wants Cutler to go up, but here comes Barthel. Kick, kicks him into Jackson Riker. Roll up for Eichner, where he powers him up. The uppercut powerbomb combo. One, two, three. And Imperium advance. James, if you'd have gone for Imperium, you'd be sitting on one point now. Yeah, I would have done, but I've been impressed with that match. I think both teams really pulled it out in that one. I mean, quite a short match, but they gave everything they could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, you know, it was nice back and forths. I think it was kind of written in the stars that it'd be the victors, though. I think it was, but he got me impressed by uh, all four men. As, and, and Blake looked really good in this match as well, some of the moves he pulled out. And Imperium, as they go along, Eichner and Barthel, like we said, the young men. But the more they team, like I said, the more cohesive they're going to see, the more chemistry you're going to have doing the moves. And it paid off in that one. Like I said, Imperium could be the winners of the Dusty Classic. We've got our first team through to the semi-finals. And of course, like I said, we're going to have every single match from the Dusty Classic, but we move... Well, backstage, Kathy Kelly catches up with Matt Riddle. She asks how he became to be tagging with Pete Dunne. He says he doesn't really know, but he walked up to Pete and said, you're a bruiserweight and I'm a bro. Why don't we team up? Dunne gave him the Pete special, a shrug. He gave him the bro special, a hang ten hand sign, and the broserweights were born. What a horrible tag team. The man you hate, Matt Riddle, I see you wearing his T-shirt again today, teaming up with Pete Dunne. I mean... How dare you pick them? That is just disgusting. That's all I'm going to say. Well, um, I, I picked Pete Dunn, James. Well, I don't care. We're going to get onto that soon because uh, after a break, we get a video for Gallus and remind they also have a UK title defence on Sunday. Yes, but our next match is Austin Theory versus Hakeem Wilde. Well, Wilde with an early takedown. Theory tries to shake off the smaller man, but Hakeem won't let go of his ankle. He gets separation and ends up stomping Wilde, getting near for a fisherman suplex. Eventually, Rock Green gets free for a forearm, controls things for a moment until he eats a dropkick. A TKO follows quickly, and that is it. Yes, Austin Theory defeats Hakeem Wilde via pinfall. It's Damien Priest's turn to talk about tonight. He gets ready with some ladies in his entourage. Winning North Bank was part of how he lives forever. Right, okay then. Well, it's our next match. 
And it is the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Handsome Carlo Riley versus Gallus Wolf Coffee. So here we go. The Dusty Rhodes Classic continues with our second first round matchup. And I mean, Undisputed Era might have been a good pick to go. Of course, they've been so successful, but it is champion versus champion. Did Gallus match up to Undisputed Era in your mind? Oh, well, it depends if um, Undisputed Era have anyone in their corner. Well, like I said, they have got a slight number of advantage. I can't see Joe Coffey at ringside. But do you actually get through in this one, or do you think it's the Undisputed Era's way? Um, I think Gallus, they do you know, stand a chance, especially you know, representing uh, NXT UK at the highest order. Um, you know, they've got as much right to be here as Undisputed Era. I suppose so. Wolfgang started off quickly. And of course, uh, Gallus may be surprised he became UK Tag Champions, but they've backed it up since. Mark Coffey gets a tag. Maybe the Americans used to uh, Gallus, but they are a, a great tag team. I think NXT UK might have better tag teams. I think we're seeing it. More UK teams being involved in Dust Classic because I think that's a stronger division. Absolutely, yeah. You know, Imperium certainly are a hugely strong team. Uh, but, you know, the two teams that we have seen from NXT UK are probably two of the most powerful teams that we've got in NXT full stop. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And so you talk about numbers well, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, still at ringside with no joke. But his brother Mark now taking out Bobby Fish. And is Bobby Fish underrated, you reckon? Because we talk about uh, the others in the Unspeaked Era. He's kind of one of those guys that goes under the radar. Is he as good as the others or not? I don't, I certainly think he's the second best in this tag team. Um, for me, the Undisputed Era, in talent-wise, it goes Cole, O'Reilly, Strong, Fish. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So I don't know if he's had a fair shake at the stick, but like I said, it could be... We saw it when he got injured, you know, kind of Strong kind of replaced him. It didn't really matter, did it, in a way? No, know? absolutely not. And, you know, when he came back, kind of Fish resumed his place in the tag team and Strong kind of went up a peg to the North American Championship status. So, you know, the, like, you know, the mid-card title reign. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of evident in his positioning where he stands. And there's Adam Colo on the apron and Strong did it as well. Yeah, that kind of gives uh, Bobby Fish a chance to get back into this match. And since November, we have seen a lot of, uh, you know, inter-promotional, so to speak, matches. And NXT and NXT UK have definitely mixed up, especially in the month of January, as we've seen. This is another match. Of course, you know, we've had uh, Wells Collide and the Blackpool 2. 2. But with this as well, of course, a champion versus champion match. I think it is, you know, it's healthy for both promotions as well. It would be nice to see the uh, NXT stars kind of take their trip over to uh, perform in NXT UK as well. Well, it'd be interesting to see what they do in NXT UK. I think that's primed to, you know, hopefully there's more than two takeovers this year as Mark Coffey now talking to Bobby Fish. Uh, there is no true face team in this one. So who do you think the fans are going to go for? Probably Unspeed Era, isn't it? It probably would be the hometown heroes, so to speak, yeah. But then it depends, you know, how much they dislike the Undisputed Era, but they seem to have a huge fan base. This is the thing, Adam Cole always gets cheered, and you think the, other, the rest of them, especially Carlo Riley, I mean, he is hilarious, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wolfgang uh, backing O'Reilly up into the corner and sending Fish over the top rope. Both members of the Undisputed Era now kind of convening on the outside, trying to get their wherewithal. Undisputed Era on the apron, facing off with Gallus in the ring. And come back from a break and it all seems to have settled down. O'Reilly and Wolfgang are in the ring. But O'Reilly gets the tag to Bobby Fish. He goes immediately, takes out Coffee, turns his attention to Wolfgang. He's managed to fight both guys off. One thing about the Undisputed Era is always make the numbers count. 
Yeah, and a double kick to the chest kind of drops Wolfgang. Who do you think's stronger out of Wolfgang and uh, Mark Coffey, if you were going to pick? I, I think Wolfgang's, of course, he was my pick. You talk about picks in the uh, UK tournament, I think, the second time round. I think he's better single competitor than maybe Mark and Joe, if we're going to argue about Gallus. Well, that's a bold call. Um, again, I don't know. It seems like he's kind of settled into a tag team role. You've got the likes of... Uh, the big guys, Dave Mastiff and, you know, the others are kind of Wolfgang's shadowed out of that. So, you know, I think the tag team kind of division is probably the more suited area for him. Mm. I, I thought the tag team was going to be, you know, Mark and Joe Coffey. Yeah, I thought that would make sense as well, you know. But, you know, credit to Wolfgang and, you know, there's one thing about WWE people always criticise, but you have to, you know, you get in shape and you kind of stay in shape there. There's no doubt, you know, Wolfgang, since he's joined, is definitely, you know looks a lot better physically than he did maybe when he was first started. And even kind of people like, you know, Joe Coffey and others, as now Wolfgang trying to fight off Undisputed Era, get to his corner. Unlike uh, Mark Coffey and Trent Seven, you're saying? Oh, Trent Seven, you know, is uh, a little bit different. And now Wolfgang looking for the corner, but again, great tag teams. Always seem to do this. We've seen it in NXT, but no, Mark Coffey taking out Fish and giving him a chance. Wolfgang gets a tag and here comes Mark Coffey. And like, they like, Little fuck me, like the late Dusty Rhodes, even he's on fire, baby. These huge clotheslines, back body drop, takes Adam Cole off the apron. Full Nelson slam. No, only a two count. Two. And the referee might have to do something about the interference continually of Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, but maybe Mike Coffey don't need it. Well, blocks the kick, but ends up getting. And now both members of the Undisputed Era are in dual kicks. But I can't keep Mark Coffey down. No, it was just a two count. Two. And Mark is backed up in the Undisputed Era Coffey and uh, in the coffee in the corner. <laughs> uh, coffee on the brain. Oh. No, O'Reilly inadvertently kicks Fish. Gives Mark Coffey an opening. Delivers a back suplex. Tags in Wolfgang. Okay, they take advantage. You don't really see that often from Undisputed Era. A slingshot up onto Coffey's shoulders. Samoan drop into a cover to... No. Bobby Fish in to break the count up. All four men can't get to their feet. Both teams looking at each other. And we get all four men in the middle of the ring exchanging shots. Steve do this better than I think most places when it comes to with tag teams as each team now just taking out the other member. And it's just Wolfgang standing tall. And the Unsputed Era are at ringside and what are they doing? Well, Wolfgang Throws Mark Coffey over the top rope. I think he only takes out Roderick Strong, though. Fish trying to get in. Adam Cole with a kick as the referee was distracted, stopping Fish from entering the match. And now Wolfgang could be in trouble. High low. And Fish is legal. One, two, two three. And that's it. The uh, dastardly tactics from the Undisputed Era pay off yet again. What did you think of that match there? I didn't think it was as good as the first match. It was kind of too WWE-ized. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think Gallus... Things broke down a little bit in a where I, they just didn't connect enough for me, I suppose. And in the end, I said it was a story told, but it makes the NXT UK champions look a bit weak. But it is a number game again from the Unspeakled Era, so I suppose it is probably what everybody expected. Indeed, yes. Well, Ronaldo then reminds us that Finn Balor is a former Dusty Classic winner, and that's our segue to how Finn's shot at Cole ended when Gagano returned. Johnny's here live 
Well, after a quick South Wales subculture intro video, street clothes Gagano's here and quickly grabs the mic. He's been waiting a long time to get a live mic to talk about the Prince. He's not going to take anything away from what Balor did to build the brand, and he made Johnny Takeover miss a takeover. Finn likes to say his future is his past. Well, his past is standing in the ring because he couldn't finish the job on the ramp. Well, Balor likes to say he's the flag bearer of NXT, but in 20s, when Finn got the call, he couldn't put the flag down fast enough. But when Johnny got it in August, he stayed because he means it when he says he loves this place. And when Balor was off playing an extraordinary man who does extraordinary things, Johnny was here throwing away Finn's map and taking NXT to new places. He didn't need Balor to succeed, and here comes the Prince. Finn says it was a great promo. Maybe that's what we should call him, Johnny Promo, since the doctors won't clear him for anything else. He stands by his words that Gagano is soft. So instead of whining about missing a takeover, go ask William Regal for a match against him at TakeOver Portland, if he makes it that far. Well, Cameron Grimes is giving a pep talk for the main event. Morrow makes another plea for Australia before we take another commercial. After a hype video for Grizzled Young Veterans, and it's revealed Kashida's partner for next week. The time splitters reunion is on. It's Alex Shelley. I knew it. They're my pick. And we are going to win the Dusty Classic. Well, up next, him versus Caden Carter. Well, Carter uses a speed to avoid Mia's attacks in the early game. And they shake hands out of respect for re-engaging. They trade chops. Well, kicks in a basement. Drop kicks gets another two count. Two. A submission and another cover come up short. And Mia is frustrated. She misses a pair of boots and eats a bunch of forearms. A face wash and another kick to the head gets two for Carter. Two. She climbs but jumps right into the protection net. So Mia Yim defeats Caden, helps Carter up in the aftermath. And they're both blasted by a woman in jeans. It's Chelsea Green. And she's brought a manager, Robert Stone. Robert E. Robbie E. He says 2020 is the year of the Robert Stone brand. And it starts with the hottest, and it means hottest free agent, Chelsea Green. Well, Dominic Dijakovic hypes himself up for the main event. Then it's another video for Tommaso Ciampa. All he wants, all he needs is one shot at Adam Cole so he can get his life back. The clip ends with him holding up his old side plates. So Dominic Dijakovic versus Cameron Grimes versus Damian Priest versus Keith Lee is our main event. Well, Lee enters last and the crowd is firmly in his corner. He pounces at the bell and the Mon Stars take out their rivals to spend some time trying to take out each other. Of course, they know each other too well. While they're smiling in mutual respect, their opponents attack. With them down, Priest pops Cameron Grimes in the mouth. Damien flies at Lee and gets caught. And Keith uses him as a weapon. That ends up with him throwing Priest on Damien Dunn. Well, Jeff and Priest try for kicks. And after missing a few dominant hits, follow-up is met by Priest, though. They rise with each other goozled. Lee rises between them. He chokes down both of them. Looks to fly, but Grimes catches him. A crossbody scoops slams him for two. Two. Things break down and Grimes takes Priest out on the floor then stops DD on the apron. He climbs to finish Lee with a stomp but he flies into Grizzly Magnum. Grimes fights back but not for long as a spirit bomb. And then yes, Keith Lee defeats Dominic Dijakovic, Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest via pinfall on Grimes to become the number one contender for Roderick Strong's North American title. Well, Lee gets a title shot in two weeks. The limitless one basking in his latest glorious moment. As the show ends and we head on to January 15th. Well, we open with silence and a graphic honouring the late, great Rocky Johnson. Rest in power, sir. 
After highlights of last week and a look at the end of TakeOver Blackpool 2, two. Mauro Nale and Beth Phoenix welcome to the full sale with Stark, the new number one contender to North American champion. Well, Keith Lee makes his way to the ring as we're reminded he's challenging Roderick Strong next Wednesday. He's got a mic, but Barsin and O bask in his glory chant. Lee talks about the achievement he unlocked last week and puts over how great Undisputed Era was in 2019. They had the best year of anyone, except for maybe me. The difference is the Undisputed reached their limit, while he is limitless. He'll prove it next week, and here comes the era. Well, Adam Carls and Mike, as the group marches their way to the ring, hasn't Keith seen what they did to lots of Tommaso Chumpa and Velting Dream? Is what they're going to do to him. Lee fights them off for a while, but that numbers game gets to him. They hold him down while a chair wraps around his ankle. Roddy jumps on it. Chumper makes a save, but the damage is done. We get a reminder that Balor versus Gagano is now official for TakeOver Portland. Then Maro informs us that Tegan Knox returned for the first time since War Games. She'll be in the Battle Royal tonight. Faces interviewer catches up with her outside and she, she talks about how she's looking forward to getting her hands on Dakota Kai in the match. Before she can say much more though, Candice LeRae runs in and hugs her. We also see Mia Yim, Bianca Belair and Io Shirai getting ready. So up next, Dan, it is the third match of the four for the first round, and it is your picks, the Brazil West, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn versus the South Wales subculture. This should be a great match. I can't believe it. As you've seen your two men come out here, Dan, what do you think of your team? I think they look like arseholes. I think half of my team is good, <laughs> but the other half's a cunt. Well, Matt Riddle has got a moustache, I must say. So, But Mandrews and Dunn have started off quickly. Now it's Riddle win. It's a bro stash, actually, James. <laughs> I hate that. <clears throat> well, after a quick exchange after the bell, all four men are kind of standing stalemate. Pete Dunn's kind of changed up his colour to suit in the tag team way of Yeah, things. no, they're the black and, black and yellow they are, aren't they? So I've got to give them credit for that more so than uh, Flash Morgan Webster and uh, Andrews is Webster looking for a tag, but Dunn just spin them around. And like I said, this is... Uh, Again, just proving how great NXT UK is in a Dusty Classic. In NXT UK, as a great suplex by Dunn, tags in Riddle. And this might be done quite quickly. Riddle would have sent all a sentence and can't get him down. So, Dan, I'm excited about this. And you've always had a great tournament run. Why do you think you've been so lucky with tournaments? And how many tournaments have you actually won? Um, I've actually lost count, but I know it's a lot more than you have. And... I don't know, I'll just make a pick and it just comes off for me, I suppose. It's the luck of the draw. So where did it all start? CWC, was it? The Cruiserweight Classic, I believe, yeah. And of course, we've done Dusty Classics and May Young's Mixed Match Challenge. Mixed Match Challenge. I think you've won a Mixed Match Challenge. I have won one Mixed Match Challenge and I think I've won... I don't know if I've won a May Young or not, but here comes Banjo getting the tag. Rip by Riddle though. Mandrew slides underneath the double clothesline attempt, hits them both with a Pele kick. Now Mandrews is a guy, you know, we talk about Magnificent Seven and stuff like this. He could be a guy potentially on the list, considering what he can do in the ring and how successful he is this year as he mixes up with Dunn. Well, rolls through and hits a Tornado DDT on Matt Riddle. Dunn back up to his feet but gets lobed. And this match started off quickly, of course, for the former NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Webster, Flash, Morgan and uh, Mandrews looking to go flying. Take out both Dunn and Riddle. I mean, the favour kind of falls in the South Wales subculture massive 
of Webster, Flash Morgan and Mandrews because they're an established tag team, whereas this is the first time these two guys have kind of teamed up in tag team competition, the Bruiserweights. We always disagree with this because with tag teams, is it a, does a great team beat two great individuals? Well, you, a great team say, probably wouldn't beat a Pete Dunne. Yeah, but no, but I think it would. A great team, like I said, a tag team, a, 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 you know, would beat two. Indiv- I think would beat two individuals. If a, if a tag team been working together, someone like the Revival, I would pick to done a Matt Riddle. Yeah, you know, there is a good argument there. I've... But you know, the, with the tag team, they've got their tag team manoeuvres. But you know, they kind of can't work without each other. Whereas two solo acts can. I suppose so. Your pl- so your pick. So why Pete Dunne for? Is it uh, to win? And what do you think WWE are going to do with him in the next six months? Cause it's not been a great six months as a championship. It hasn't. No. Um, Pete Dunne's kind of been on a slow path, but I think with Pete Dunne, you know, he's someone that's always going to be at the top or very close to it. I have to agree with you there. It'd be interesting to see what they do if uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne are successful, and will we see either of them? We you know will we see a few between the two. I suppose that would be a great match as well for Riddle and Dunn. Oh, well, they seem to be working together as a well-oiled machine. Uh, a throw into Matt Riddle, who kind of flips him back round, and they do the dual kicks, one to the chest, one to the back, get a pin attempt. But Webster Flash Morgan there with the save. You can see the chemistry for Andrews alongside Pete Dunn as well. It's like a suplex into a powerbomb and then a dual kick. We saw it with Ricochet and Alistair Black last year as well, what uh, a makeshift team can do. Absolutely. Man. Well, didn't Finn Balor and um, Samoa Joe do very well as well? You know, another makeshift team until Samoa Joe turned on Finn Balor. Exactly. We saw that, of course, it didn't happen with Ali being Ricochet, so it might happen with Riddle and uh, Dunn as Riddle now. Like, so he's not been that successful either. I don't know if it's because his mouth has, you know, been a bit too big or, you know, we, I thought he might be NXT champion at this moment in time, kind of gone away. Is Riddle still got a chance for that, or do you think main roster wise for Riddle? I, I think know we Riddle, hate him, but... Riddle thinks he's better than he actually is, and that is why he's not up there because you know it's just been what Riddle's been kind of hyping about himself. You know, picking out greats such as Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, and kind of trying to use them as a stepping stone where. You're going to come unstuck when it comes to them too. I mean, you know, you pick out the two biggest, nastiest guys. It's like, you know, he couldn't have made a bigger statement unless he come out and said, yeah, I'm going to be the one to WrestleMania streak. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I suppose so. You know, it's 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 interesting when it comes down to it because Riddle definitely has got talent. But again, like you said, it's it's what WWE sees in him and, and what they do. I mean, I'm sure he's a good guy, maybe have success. But it's interesting, I think, for... If you look at these two, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, I definitely know who I'd want to go through, you know, and, and be successful. And hopefully they get someone like Pete Dunne a chance rather than a Matt Riddle. Oh, Pete, yeah, it's Pete Dunne all day long. You but, know, Matt, you know, someone like Mandrew as well, so underrated. Like, he's just a great talent. And I think he does as good as well. Well, I think with Mandrews, his kind of upper limit is maybe a mid-card title, maybe like a Zack Ryder run. Or the Cruiserweight Championship, and that's kind of his upper limit. Yeah. So I don't think he's ever going to have a heavyweight run. Maybe a tag team run if he's not with Webster. Well, I think Webster's in the position he's in, he can't get any better. You know, I think he's very lucky to find himself here at this moment in time. Don't get me wrong, he's a good worker, but I think there are better out there. Is at the moment, he's taken out both Riddle and Dunn and, you know, given it his all. This is his shot to be seen. Absolutely, and I mean, overcoming... Uh... Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle it's going to be a huge accomplishment for this team as well 
Of no. course, you want the South Wales subculture to get the victory because it means nil point. It means you don't get a me. point. Yeah, I'll be happy with that. And Webster throwing Riddle and Dunn back in. Now Webster looking to end things with Riddle. Tags in Mandrews. I would maybe say Riddle's been the easy man to pin, but at the moment, just catches him. Now well, gets rid of Webster. He's got Mandrews, but oh. he hits a reverse Rana. I love that. As Webster move. with the knee. That is a beautiful move. He's going for the cover, stopping Dunn. No. Well, Webster tried to stop Dunn getting in, but he was ended up getting pushed into the cover attempt. <clears throat> of course, we know Pete Dunn's got tag team experience as well with uh, part of being British strong style. So he, he'll know his way around and trying to help Riddle out. who's in serious trouble now. Oh. Well, a tornado DDT for Mandrews onto Dunn on the outside. I think this might be it for the Broserweights. Come on. Oh, no. He misses the 450. Gets caught with a spear. Oh, how dare you. That's a horrible spear as well. It is. Because the legs are up. Oh, I don't like it. No, don't you dare. Well, no. Mandrews turns it One, around. Two. Inside oh. Cradle, but no, just the two count. Two. Pelé kick by Riddle. Takes in Dunn. Oh, a GTS and a kick. For Webster. One, two, no. Oh, credit to Webster, managing to kick out. Oh. And it's been a great match between the two teams. And Dan's hopes hang on a thread here. God, don't get annoyed with Riddle. Knock him off the apron or something like that. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't like it. Well, fans shout, this is awesome. And they're looking to put away Flash Morgan Webster. And again, looking for the suplex into a powerbomb. Webster's got a pin on Riddle, but Dan knocked Webster. Into Mandrews, who kind of stopped the pin attempt. And that was lucky then, that was nearly over. Dan rolling through to his corner. Matt Riddle climbing over Webster to get the tag. Dan's in, Mandrews is in. Oh. Skids on his knees, looking for his Pele kick, but gets caught with a kick from Dan into the arena. No, turns it around into a tornado DDT attempt, but Dan blocks it. Oh, get him once, shame on you. Get him twice! Stun dog millionaire! <laughs> Riddle's in, eats a headbutt. Come on now! From Webster. You can do this. Webster, Webster tries to suicide dive. Riddle gets caught. And he slams Webster down. Can Mandrews... Oh! A shooting star press into a right hut, right arm from bruise, the bruiserweight. Oh, no, not like this. The Brota end. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, no. And that, James, of course, by the disappointment in your voice, means... That I'm getting a point and I'm rolling forward to the semi-final. Yeah, that is through. What do you the match? What do you think of your team? I thought the match was good. Not too sure on the team. I mean, if they're struggling against the South Wales subculture again, no disrespect to them, but they're not one of the strongest teams in it at the moment. So, you know, they've got Imperium and. Uh, Undisputed Era also hanging about. So it's going to be a bit of a. Rocky ride for me. Yeah, but what a match there between the two teams and what a great way. Like I said, one more match left and it'll be my pick later on. Well, we're informed that Nigel McGuinness has the night off after working takeover in Blackpool. Then Beth recaps the end of that show. We see Volta's post-match promo in German. Phoenix informs us that it means Imperium will be here next week. Well, Kathy Te- Kelly is backstage and she tells us doctors rush to check on Keith Lee. It's unclear if he'll be able to go next week, but Kathy will get us an update. Ace. Well, Daddy's home. Chomper is all business as he hits the ring with Mike in hand. He says it's clear the Undisputed Era has a hit list. Well, so does he. 
Adam Cole took his life when he took Goldie, so there will be no more distractions. He's taking his life back. Well, here comes Alan's feud. He lasts a little longer than Keith did, but ends up getting stomped in the corner. But here comes Johnny Gagano. Fights off the era. Chumper with Widow's bell to Cole. Super kick to Bobby Fish. He's down in the middle of the ring. DIY look at each other. In the middle, they look each other over before Johnny starts to celebrate. Well, James, you know what this means? It is the time splitters, Kashida and Alex Shelley, versus the grizzled young vets, yeah. Zach Gibson. And what's his name? James Drake. <laughs> and he's going, like I say, my pick, Alex Shelley. Now, first and foremost, this is the last match, of course, for the Dusty Classic first round. It's been quite fun so far. My picks as well. But Alex Shelley is a guy who's been around uh, for a very long time. People will know him, of course, from TNA Wrestling, team like Chris Sabing as the Motor City Machine Guns. We'll have a notice as well. You, of course, have seen Alex Shelley in the past, Dan. Uh, on an impact in TNA, a fantastic wrestler. And it's great he finally gets the opportunity. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit older, a little bit more wiser, but still get an opportunity to team up with Kushida, who's great, going against grizzled young vets, who are a great tag team, of course, the very first NXT UK champions. But I'm quietly confident here why I picked. You've got the kind of veteran. And, of course, these were a team as well, the time splitters, back in uh, 2007 for a very long time, so they know each other well. But they know each other as well as the Grizzled Young Vets. I mean, you know, they've, they're an established tag team in WWE, winning gold, holding on to it for quite a while as well. Yeah, I, look, to be fair, this is probably the most, looking at the matches, apart from maybe Gallus versus Undisputed Era, this is probably a really difficult match to start off with with someone that's experienced Grizzled Young Vets. But let's hope, well, for me, I say let's hope, that Shelley and Kushida can uh, have some of that magic back as NXT is definitely happy to see someone like Alex Shelley. And he is no doubt a great worker. And he starts off with Zach Gibson. Well, Zach Gibson is a guy who can have his own success in the singles division. There's no doubt about that. But his team with James Drake has really helped these two men out. Like I said, such a high-profile match as well. And Alex Shelley's very first match in NXT at WWE. Is there not going to be a bit of rust for the time splitters, or do you think they can get right back into their groove, or they're going to need to be? I think maybe that could be a story of the tournament, of them finally getting that magic together, and then, you know, finally semi-final, like, getting it job done into the final. Hopefully we can see a great match, you know. Like I said, we are on opposite sides of the table, so we will face each other in the, fi- you know, in the final, hopefully, if the time splitters get a job done. But like I said, don't look past the Grizzly Young veterans, especially someone like Alex Shelley, who might, you know, he's, he's been there and done that, but, you know, you talk about big leagues, so to speak. Well, it's certainly a size disadvantage for the time splitters, and we saw that how that unfolded with uh, the South Wales subculture going against the two bigger guys. It's weird, though, because the NXT UK guys are usually the smaller ones, but we see this time round is the kind of difference. But again, another NXT UK versus NXT, and that was nice by Kashyyyk. Well, they certainly aren't missing a beat. Jules yeah. Suicide dives over the top rope, taking out Drake and Gibson. And Kashida is a guy we need to see a little bit more personality, so hopefully Alex Shelley can maybe bring that out of him as well. Is this the best thing for Kashida? Because um, he was on a bit of a run on his own going quite well. Yeah, they kind of just didn't know what to do with him, really, did they? You know, he kind of, we know he was a dangerous submission specialist and he was, he's facing everyone. But maybe this will give him a little bit of a, you know, you need a path and a way to go. Become tag team champions and maybe, you know, work from there. Well, they've run James Drake through the mill so far, you know, bouncing him from rope to rope, going low. And now it's uh, Shelley kind of working on Drake, who... Gets free and tags in Gibson. But there is so much tag team experience from Shelley and Kushida as well. And you can see how quick they are. And that was well, a nice... Drop toe hold into an arm ringer. And a kick from Kushida. 
course, the last match of the first round of the Dusty Classic. We already know a couple of semi-finals. We know it's going to be Imperium versus the Unsputed Era. I'm sure we'll work it out as we go along. Oh, we'll don't work get, it out. Don't want to get too far ahead. No, James. So don't my, look past the first round. No, without a doubt. Of course, we've got the time splitters in action here. Of course, my pick. And later on, we're going to see Keith Lee. Hopefully, if he can overcome that injury, get a North American Championship opportunity. And the Women's Battle Royals so and who will face Ray Ripley at TakeOver Portland. So, I mean, there's still a lot going on here. As Zach Gibson now taking out Kushida. But Shelley's in great shape. With the Grizzled Young Vets working really well together. Taking out Shelley and then a bit of a whisper in the wind. So, um, taken out of Kushida. Every time I see James Drake, I'm impressed by what he can do. It's just, for, he's kind of the... For- you know, forgotten one, so to speak, but is it lack of personality? Because we know about Zach Gibson, you know, Liverpool's number one. Well, Zach Gibson, you know, you kind of see him as a standout performer in this tag team because he's the one who's had NXT UK Championship shots, whereas James Drake's kind of seems to have been paired with him. But, you know, this is this is what I like to see in a team. You know, you've got the big, hard-hitter Gibson and then you've got the smaller, kind of more agile, athletic guy in James Drake. I completely agree with you. you know, there's definitely a tag team that clicks as Alex Shelley gets back breaking out the ring. Well, Shelley's draped over Gibson's knee as James Drake comes over the top rope and just drops his arm on the neck of Shelley. He seems in a lot of pain, James. Well, he's in a bit of trouble at the moment, but Kushida is fresh on the apron. But a grizzly young veteran at the moment just going around the game plan, picking up Shelley. So is this the first time you've seen the time splitters in action ever? No, I've seen time splitters before. They're not. A, they're not a bad tag team. Like I said, that was it's the thing about time, isn't it? You know, you talk about how long has it been? Can you recapture the kind of the glory and the kind of chemistry like it was after a break? And sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes for every edge that returns, there's a cut angle. So you know, and Zach say uh, Zach Gibson now. Trying to hurt Shelley, but Shelley has got life, he's got heart, he's termination, he's a champion. So, can any of the group be potential uh, Magnificent Seven competitors think, in the near future? Uh, like I said, I'm impressed by James Drake, and Zach Gibson is one of those guys who just needs success, like Shelley's been successful tagging in Kushida. Spring- who takes down Drake and Gibson. Yeah, springboarding in a lovely clothesline. He's on fire, baby. Look at that lovely handspring elbow. Takes out Gibson. Got Drake in his sights. Oh, here we go. Is that his home run punch? Looking for the kick, but Drake manages to escape. But he gets nicely into a cross arm breaker. Are we know how dangerous Kushida is if you can get the arm extended. Drake managing to roll through in a pin attempt, forcing Kushida to break it. Well, that was intelligent there. And Kushida just with the kicks. Getting caught by Drake, but managed to roll through. Gibson gets the tag in. Kushida sees it. Little too late, though. Oh, and maybe going for the Kimura, but forgot about Drake behind him. Well, you can't forget about Drake. <laughs> and the kick again into the net breaker. Oh, not like this. Two. No. Oh. Well, Kushida managed to kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. You get the crowd, fans chanting for Kushida. In the New Day style, I believe. Kushida. Kushida. But at the moment, he's on his own, and it's the Grizzled Young Vets trying to take advantage He's up on James Drake's shoulder. Manages to kick Gibson after the backslide. Feet up to Gibson. Gets caught. No. Managed to take out Gibson with the head scissors. And then both Shelley and Kushida take out Drake. And it could be it now. Shelley going up top. Oh. Uh, frog splash and standing moonsault Two. into the pin attempt. Oh. No. Gibson managed to break it up. 
The referee needs to do something. Gibson's been there for ages now. He's not a legal man. Scouse rules, mate. And now Shelley now. Atomic drop. Kushida drop kick to the knee. <laughs> Shelley picks him in position. And that's what they can do. <coughs> Split is there. Very exciting tag team. No doubt about it. And now looking to put James Drake away. Shelley with a net breaker. Kushida in position. He gets pushed off by Gibson though. Drake escaping. Shelley. Oh, went for a slice of bread but got caught. Oh, up into a code breaker. No. One. No. Two. No. Three. No. <laughs> and the Grizzle Jung vets have beaten the time splitters and... Man, I'd be gutted if I'd gone for the time splitters in this tournament. Being knocked out in the first round. James, how do you feel? Can I change my pick? No. Can I have Grizzle Jung Vets? No. Well, that's a shame. Um, I don't think I think this was the worst match of the first round. Certainly. No, no, I've, I've ruled. What do you think? I feel this. I think because if you look at the first match with Imperium and Forgotten Sons, I think that was really good way to start. Gallus and Undisputed Era had that champion versus champion feel. The best match of it was, of course, the last one with your picks. And then this one, I can't believe the time splitters have been eliminated. Can you? I can't. No, I thought um, they'd have had a, at least a decent little run in. But for them to lose to Gibson and Drake, that's bad. Well, at the moment, bonus points five now as it stands. And because I'm out, Dan, you yours won't be raising anymore. My Mine still raised. have the potential to raise. Yeah, you could get two points as well for winning it. So let's have an updated bracket then. Let's know exactly what is going on. Great. Well done. We can work it out. Grizzle Jung Vets versus Undisputed Era. So it's going to be the Grizzle Jung Vets versus the Undisputed Era in semi-final action. And that leaves my team... The Broserweights, oh, I fucking hate saying that, versus Imperium. So it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on. Well, Kushida and Shelley off their hands after the match. Grizzled Young Vets bail, and Gibson gets a mic. They don't travel all this way to shake hands while the full sale hipsters pretend to know who Alex is. He puts over time splitters as a great team of the past. They're a great team of the present and future. They're going to win the Dusty Classic. Well, we see Robert Stone and Chelsea Green walking outside earlier today. He's not going to let the hottest former free agent share the spotlight in the Battle Royal, so they're leaving. She's out of the number one contendership match. We get a promo for Worlds Collide, Finn Balor, Ia Dragunov match. The Cruiserweight champion, Angel Garza, joins commentary for the match, which will determine one of his challenges on that show. So, Leah Rush versus Azir, Swerve Scott versus Tyler Breeze. Breeze gets an offensive early and gets a quick cover. It's not long for Swerve is in the driver's seat. He and Leah take turns working over Prince Pretty, then do some Matrix stuff with Rush backflips off the apron to avoid a tope from Scott. They brawl on the floor, which gives Breeze time to recover. Now some kicks on the apron as we head to the break. Tyler tries for a roll-up, but Rush kicks out. Oh, out of some more chaos, Scott grabs Print Pretty, JML Driver. So, Isaiah Swerve Scott defeated Tyler Breeze and Leah Rush via pinfall to claim a spot in a fatal four-way cruiserweight title match at Wells Collide. Well, Gaza and Scott posture at one another. And then Kelly catches up with Ray Ripley. She vows to go fight through Tony Storm at Wells Collide and then go through whoever wins the Battle Royal. Well, this is her division now and the nightmare is just beginning. She catches up with Johnny Gargano outside to ask how the DIY reunion came to be. And here comes Champa. They agree to answer Mustache Mountain's challenge for old time's sake. Here comes Jealous Beauty Nearer. Security's keeping them apart. Before they can charge, change. Here comes Keith Lee. Security guy gets pounced through a hedge. Number gets thrown off a car. Someone else bounces off a table. Next week, Lee declares the prophecy ends with him. Well, Morrow confirms Lee is cleared for next week and we also have both Dusty Semis. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate versus Gagano and Chomper is now official for Worlds Collide 2. 
two will battle road to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. We've got Candice LeRae. Bianca Belair. Uh, Casey Cantazaro came in climbing the pole. I know you like you're doing that. Mercedes Martinez. She, of course, making a debut. Io Shirai, I think, is one of the favourites. Tegan Knox get entrances. And then to see Shania Basin, of course, we've got all these other women involved. So we're going to find out who is actually going to be the number one contender. So out of all these people, I've got back Io Shirai in this one. Dan, what about you? Um, I am going to back Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart. Well, Shotzi Blackheart in there, of course, the, uh, the Women's Royal Rumble as well. We saw a lot of these women involved in it. One who's going to first be eliminated, but we've got some dark horses in there as well. Maybe me and Yim could go away to get the job done. Oh, there's a few here. Um, definitely not Chelsea Green, though. Well, Chelsea Green is gone. She refused to not share the spotlight. Shane Basler's kind of walking around the ring, kind of eyeing up her next uh, target, I suppose. Well, you got to think Baszler is one of the favourites in this match. And that's not going to work there for, I think, uh, Zia Lee trying to exchange kicks with Baszler. And you've got people, maybe people haven't heard of, like uh, Jesse Kamira and MJ Jenkins in there as well. Indeed, Caden Carter. I think we've seen her in a few kind of squash matches. Yeah, Indy Hartwell sounds a bit porny for my my taste, oh, but still. Indy Hartwell, Indy Vagwell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe not. Uh, but we've also got, you know, the likes of Larray Cantazero, Martinez, Tegan Knox. Or Bianca Belair, the EST of NXT, looking to try to get the first elimination. But can't get it done, though, just showing the strength. There's a couple of women trying to eliminate Shayna Basler, I think people see her as quite a big threat, and she's one that neither of us have mentioned to win this match. Exactly, yeah, she is. Is it just the fact that we don't want to, and we're just not going to acknowledge her? Well, we hate Basler, don't we? I mean, this is the thing. Our reign is over. We don't want to see it um, have another chance. But Ripley, of course, got the job done. They should be watching very intently at this match as well. It just shows you the strength for the uh, women's division as well. It's credible challenges in here. <clears throat> and Basler could be eliminated. No, managed to catch herself. So now Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir, and they've kind of fallen by the wayside. Are they are they going to be quietly released in the next week or so? Are they just being kept on the back burner in the training rooms, you know, trying but, yeah. to get trained up for the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen matches? I think they've gone back to performance set now. I think there's no doubt. And uh, wait a minute, MJ Jenkins in a little bit of trouble. Shayna Baszler kind of doing a bit of joint manipulation. Got a wrist bent back and drops her to the outside. Well, that's one way of eliminating someone. And Jenkins is the first woman gone. Baszler slowly going about her business. Now we've seen Shia and Baszler teaming up. That's oh, a bit of a kerfuffle in there at the moment. It's your standard battle royal, isn't it? You don't see many of these. You see loads of them, but now... Yeah. But it's been a little while, last battle royal I can remember. It's a good way of determining number one contender, though, I suppose. You know what I mean? It means they've, they've proved it as Belair now, showing her strength. It's got Jesse Camilla on the edge of the ring apron. Now manages to get back into the ring, saving herself and... Backs Belair up into the corner, driving his shoulder into the midsection. Oh, and Belair could be the one eliminated here. Dangerous position. I think she realised. Oh. And picks and the her up. power just drops her over the top rope. The KOD over yeah. the top by Belair. Catalina dropping Shayna Basler with a huge drop kick. The masked luchadora. Yeah, you don't see that in NXT often. Definitely picking up some pace here and got Baszler. Oh, it's just been caught. Oh, Shayna Baszler. Propped her on the top turnbuckle. Managed to fight. Throws her feet, and oh. that is it. Catalina is gone. Basler gets her second elimination. She's the right. Her head broke her full. Yeah, that's good then. Well, if she wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, maybe she'll see where she's going. Yeah. 
There's some women going underneath the radar at the moment and doing a good job about it. Tegan Knox, definitely one of those. And Dan's picked Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, well, you can't miss her. She's the one with bright green hair. Uh-oh. Caden Carter might be in trouble. Gets knocked over the apron and just a huge right hand. She manages to survive. Oh, Casey Cantazaro nearly eliminated. Jumps back at her. Oh, but then Caden Carter eats a forearm from Basler. I think it was intended for Casey Cantazaro, but she managed to duck out the way. Well, during the break, Indy Hartwell gets eliminated. Is that Santana Garrett been eliminated there by Basler? Well, Vanessa Bourne's in a bit of trouble on the eight for now with Mia Yim. Oh, oh. oh she's managing to hold on by her feet. Oh, Yim, Yim oh. kicking the feet out from underneath the bottom right. We've seen a lot of people surviving by that, but Mia Yim definitely wise to it. Oh, Bourne there. That was impressive, though. Deanna Peruzzo getting chucked over the top rope. Yes. Oh. Shotzi Blackheart. Chalk one up for the Blackheart. Oh, she gets her legs swept from underneath her. Deanna Peruzzo is certainly not happy about being eliminated and takes her frustration out on Blackheart. But Blackheart hasn't been eliminated. No. So it's gone underneath, and it, it, like I said, the, half the women now, it is slowly getting down to business. And now we got Belair, Yim, uh, sorry, Belair, Basler, and Io Shirai kicking the crap out of Zia Lee. She's Zia get, Lee. Managed to get to her feet, though. Yeah, she's surrounded. Manages to kick her way out of it, though. <laughs> Fair play to her. And that was impressive, and Belair might be seriously hurt. Zia Lee looking for elimination. Well, she might be seriously eliminated. And here she goes, she might be gone. No, Baszler from behind. Saving Belair. I don't think that's a wise to do. No. And but eliminate Zia Lee. Why would she do that for? Maybe she thinks Belair's been a bit worked on. Candice LeRae's turning things up in the corner. Casey Cancers always still holding on to the apron with Io Shirai. Oh, no. Io Shirai, though, with a slap to the hand. Oh. And a drop kick sends Casey out. Well, we've still got Mia Yim in there as well. Fighting with Belair. Io Shirai just celebrating at this moment in time. Well, she doesn't want to count her chickens just yet. And Blair with long hair. And all these women, with Candice LeRae as well, has had history with Vio Shy in the past. Well, we've got, by the looks of it, Tegan Knox is still in there. Mia Yim, Shayna Basler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, and Mercedes Martinez and Blackheart, who has not been eliminated but is on the outside. Oh, and Candice nearly got eliminated there. The grid of press by Bianca Belair. Managed to avoid it, though. Gets caught. Oh, no. Nah. Belair throws over the top, sends her face first oh. into the term, into the ring post. And there goes LeRae. Oh, Belair has been on fire in this match as well. And Martinez with a big knee to Mia Yim. Oh, gets caught, sent over the top rope by Yim. Oh. Martinez hangs on. Now sidesteps Yim's big boot attempt. Oh, my word. Now she's looking to suplex Yim outside. Oh, yes, Mia Yim has been eliminated. An impressive by Martinez. There's a lot of heels in the match. Well, Martinez, of course, a veteran and has trained people like Shania Basler, who she's facing off with right now. Uh, we see these two women come face-to-face in the May Young Classic. Any respect now, seeing as though the trainer, or the trainee, has become the champion and the trainer has... Kind of not done too much more. Well, exactly, Martinez. Well, Martinez has been outside WWE recently just signed. So she's looking to make an impact now. Can she prove she belongs by eliminating someone like Baszler for the Women's Battle Royal? Both women just trading forearms. Is it Mercedes Martinez who could learn a few things from Baszler now? No, that's the thing. She has been a dominant women's champion over 400 days. Both women trading. Shayna two times. But Martinez wins that 
exchange between the two. And a huge chop now. Martinez going for the suplex. But Kirifuga clutch locked in on Martinez. Baszler managed to reverse it. Martinez sending Baszler top rope. Going to try and eliminate her. This would be a huge elimination for Mercedes if you can get her over. <coughs> and this might be it. Martinez. No. Oh, no. Shayna holding on with her feet though. Eliminating Martinez. And Martinez basically eliminated herself by accident. Too eager to try and get Baszler over the top. And now it is four heels in the ring. How's this going to go? No, Tegan Knox still in there. Yeah, Tegan Knox is a heel, isn't she? No, Tegan Knox oh, is a baby Knox face. face. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just... Dakota Kai took her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her knee injury caused Tegan Knox missed the past couple of May Young classics. What a story it would be if she get the job done. Of course, Bianca Belair, Io Shai, come that close to tasting gold. Of course, Baszler been the champion during that reign. It's going to be interesting to see which woman goes through. I mean, I don't mind any apart from Baszler. Indeed, yes. And Shotzi Blackheart's still in there as well. Don't forget her. Oh, did he did. The commentators tend to. Ah, or do they want you to ah, forget her? Exactly. Tegan Knox now going up top. Cross body on Shirai. Takes out Belair. Takes out Basler. And the face is running roughshod through these three women. And Tegan Knox turning it up. The shiniest of wizards she can deliver. And now she's going to go with the uppercuts. Upper what? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a nice version of the cannonball. Shayna Baszler. Oh, no. She gets her legs swept from underneath her. Bianca Belair. Oh, she's gone. No. Over the top rope, but manages to hang on. Io Shirai. Chokeslam. What? Tegan. Oh. oh, fair play to Knox. Looking for the shiniest of wizards. Tegan Knox showing exactly what she can do. She's going to eliminate. the school of hard knocks. Bianca Belair looking to come from behind, but ends up taking out Shayna Baszler. And now Belair and Baszler have been helping each other out, it seems. In Indeed. certain situations. Situations. Well, Belair did save Shayna Baszler. But is she going to pay for it? Shiniest of wizards. And Tegan Knox now. You've got to say maybe the favourite in this match is Shirai comes running in. Well, Shirai plants her over the top rope. Oh, but Tegan, luckily on the apron, is going to go up top now. Then she comes. Oh, no! Dakota Kai oh. rips her leg out from underneath her and eliminates his Knox. After she... Oh, fucking hell. Oh, my... Throws a leg brace square at her fucking forehead. God, oh, my... Well, hasn't Dakota Kai done enough? Taken her out so she couldn't wrestle at war games after being the best friends with her and now costing her an opportunity. Damn, that's not fair. <clears throat> my God, and now we've got three slash four women left. And Baszler now going after Belair. Well, the union between these two didn't last long. There's Baszler. Kirifuga clutch. On Io Shirai. Oh, my God. Deposits her over the top rope. And just squeezing away. But Blackheart. Are we in. Th- yes, oh! Blackheart. Eliminate Shayna Baszler. Well, we forgot about the newcomer, Blackheart. I didn't forget about her, James. And Baszler's gone. She was always my pick. Don't brag about it, though. Come on, capitalise. <laughs> capitalise. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Can't see Belair. And Belair. Oh, fuck. Goodness sake. Takes out Blackheart. <laughs> oh my god. And now we're down to just two women. Two. Io Shai, Bianca Belair. Who are you going for right at this moment? Uh, who are you going for? You're going for Shirai. I right? was for Shirai for right Belair, start. Bianca. And Shirai saying, come on now, let's bring it. Oh my god. And both women just swinging for the fences. And Bianca Belair driving her shoulder into the midsection of Io Shirai. And just throwing her from pillar to post. Now just a monkey toss to Io Shirai. 
Looking for the power bomb. Take out Shiai, but Shiai's holding on. He's got her arms wrapped around the top rope. Kicks Belair off. Drop toe hold. Hangs up over the second rope. And there comes Shiai. Six one nine. And a nice chance for Eo as she goes up. Looking for an opportunity against Freya Ripley. Cross body gets caught by Belair. Oh my god, just look at the power. Look at the Fall power. away slam. Threw her like a sack of potatoes. Just pounces on top of her. I think she was looking for a pinfall, then realised she's in an over-the-top rope elimination match. But at least Belair's always on top of you. She doesn't let you breathe. And now she's looking for the cat. The kiss of... No, roll through. Face first into the second turnbuckle. Leo picking her up. And Belair's in serious trouble. Trouble, 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 trouble. Both women in a serious position, perched on the top turnbuckle. Oh, and Shai tiltering. Belair's holding on, so Shirai for the time being. Gonna go for the Hurricane Runner. No, Belair catches her. Powers, oh, fucking hell. Oh my god. Shai. Eo Shirai <laughs> back in the ring, luckily enough for Eo. And now Blair. Belair, she's gone over the top, but she apron. If I was Blair, I'd just wrap my hair onto like the ring post or that, so I couldn't get eliminated. Oh, Belair, low bridges Shirai, both women on the edge of the apron. Kick to the ribs. Eo. Nearly on the shoulders of Belair, looking for a German to send Bianca to the outside. But Belair managing to fight out with an elbow. And a beautiful shot to the midsection and a, an uppercut. Upper what? And Belair trying to get in and Eoshai standing on the head, on the hair. But Belair swipes it out from underneath her feet and drops Eo Shirai. And then Belair just jumping on Eo. And a huge forearm shots on Belair, looking to build momentum. Eo catches her with the elbow, then a drop kick. Oh, spear takedown from Belair, though. Shirai's in trouble. Into momentum. Belair powers Shirai up. Shirai with the hair tug. German sends Belair into the corner. Eo's used Belair's hair better than Belair's used it today. She has indeed. And now Eo now building up some momentum. He's double knees. Oh, Belair with a backslide. Powers Eo up. Oh! oh sends her sailing over the top rope. And Bianca Belair has got the victory here. Oh my god, the KOD over the top gets the job done. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, it was quite good and then until the end bit, the last two women are down quite a bit. I don't know if those like, yeah, we've still got another ten minutes left before the show ends, so kind of drag it out. Yeah, but isn't that we've seen that before with stuff like I don't want to compare it to like, you know, when the Undertaker and Michaels at the end of the Rumble yeah. they had, like they turned it to like a kind of mini little match then, didn't but they? But then that was kinda of like, you know, you knew what was going on between them two. Yeah, but again they told a story for Shai and Belair. Both women I think proved that either of them could be number one contender. I think Belair got the job done. Is there anybody you want to see featured a little bit? I think it was quite good overall though. Um, it was quite good overall, yeah. I'd like to see a few of the, uh, like the Dakota Kai's, the Tegan Knox's, the Candice LeRae, the Casey Cantazero's kind of featured a bit more predominantly because it has been about these few women for the past little while now. Yeah, without a doubt. But onwards and upwards. What? what? It starts again. Yes. Spoiler. So we move on to our next episode, January 22nd. We get highlights from last week's eventful shower and a reminder, Walter is here with three days before Worlds Collide. And it's time for the Dusty Semi. Dan, is that where it's on fire? <laughs> it's on fire. You've always liked Dusty Semi. You're going to get it here tonight. Well, uh, Maro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix and a returning Nigel McGuinness welcome us to Full Sail and Imperium's opponents this Saturday are starting us off. 
So it is going to be the undisputed era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus the grizzled young veterans. Of course, this could have been my tag team with the time splitters here, but we're not. Is, is this a match? Are you looking for? Uh, is it? Of course, it's a match. Are you looking forward to this match? Is it would be interesting? Uh, again, I'm liking the difference of matches. You know, you've kind of got NXT UK versus NXT. It's matches that we haven't seen yet on television. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Well, good, because that's what we're going to be watching now. Uh, and it's going to be interesting because, of course, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Who are you favouring in this one? Of course, we've got Adam Cole and Roderick Strong are out with a champion. I'm going for the era. I think they've got Strong and Cole in their corner. I think that's going to help them out an awful lot. Yeah, well, Adam Cole knows that the Imperium are here, but he is not intimidating. So this will be interesting to see what happens. Of course, Kyle O'Reilly and Zach Gibson, they are two great technical wrestlers, but completely different in a way, aren't they, you know? Absolutely, yeah. We've got the kind of the British technical style of Gibson and Drake going against the kind of American technical style, handsome Kyle O'Reilly and whatever Bobby Fish brings, <laughs> which is not a lot. Fish, but Kyle O'Reilly working over Gibson in the corner and Drake saving his partner, Kyle O'Reilly, with a kick. Now, Grizzled Young Vet's going to try and make sure the numbers game doesn't take over. Work him over in the corner. Well, both NXT tag team champions in their own rights. Dragon screw leg whip though as uh, Drake was kind of distracted halfway over the second rope. And is that again a numbers game? We saw it in the first round when they knocked out Gallus doing it again. And of course, Good Young Vetch is very lucky to get through to the semi finals. But a hit now, I suppose we're going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to deal with it. Who would you, if the Bros, bros the Weights were successful, what, two, what the teams would you rather face <sighs> in the final? I think I'd rather face uh, the Grizzle Jung Vets because Pete Dunn has already overcome Zach Gibson. Yeah, that's a very good point, Dan. I like the way you're thinking there. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. And the knee from Bobby Fish sitting in the corner. So if the time splitters were still in this match, how would you feel their chances up against the Undisputed Era? I think they would win. I think I wouldn't have picked them if I thought they were going to lose. But that's what happens. I am a loser sometimes. Well, most of the time. Love. In, in love, life. in life. But I try in not life. to think about that because I thought about it too much. You depress me. So I've got to take the little victories. Like the fact you're wearing a Matt Riddle t-shirt. Like, that, they're little things, you know? Okay, Raw is Benoit. Well, look, this is just for a collection of t-shirts that I'm wearing. Uh, alphabetically, it happened to be Benoit. One of ours is a, a horrible murderer and the other one's a world-class wrestler. So, and we all know who that one is. Yes, well, Matt Riddle has murdered wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, he doesn't murder... Anybody else, he should be all right. And Kyle O'Reilly there with um, James Drake. He's going to work on the knee. But I think the Undisputed Era, you know, if they can get through to the final, they might, it might be an interesting match to see. Will they face the NXT UK champions? What, if they won for an opportunity? I don't yeah. know. I think at the moment the opportunity is just for the Dusty Rhodes um But doesn't it trophy. normally kind of pres- a title shot? Well, what about if the Undisputed Era get a... A main roster title shot, a tag team shot from that Raw Smackdown opportunity. That would be good for them. Maybe a way for them to move up as well. Do you think the prophecy is going to end? You know, we've got the tag team champions here, of course, the NXT champion, with Roderick Strong as North American. Do you think it's going to end for the Undisputed Do you think they're going to go, or do you think there's still time It depends if Roderick Strong comes out on his own, if he thinks he's good enough to maintain his gold. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I think it'll be Keith Lee's, but if Roddy comes out with the Undisputed Era, I don't know if Keith Lee stands a chance because he's going to be 
heavily distracted. Well, we know Chump is interested in uh, Adam Coles, no doubt about that. If uh, the undisputed here was to lose here tonight, that might be seen as a, a bit of an upset. And, of course, holding the gold, then, of course, whoever won the tournament would probably be number one contenders there as well. So Adam Cole needs to keep his shit together, so to speak. And I think that's why he's, he's so intent. We've seen him at ringside. We don't usually see... Recent times, he's not really had the numbers in that way. No. But they know it's important to get through. Cause the semi-finals. Well, Drake keeps hold of the ankle of O'Reilly. Tags in Zach Gibson. But O'Reilly managing to hop all his way to Bobby Fish, who comes in and he's on fire, baby. Drake and Gibson. Lovely explode a suplex sending... Drake into Gibson. And Fish trying to bring a little bit of heat into this match now. Gibson, a nice step up in Seguri. Hits a second rope code breaker. But Fish enters into the heel hook. Well, it's like a pit bull there. Just didn't let go. And the fans certainly are urging Gibson to tag. Drake pushes the bottom rope towards Gibson. <laughs> Only a couple of inches, but I know a couple of inches makes a lot of difference. But Gibson now gets caught. Uh, Samoan drop from Fish. Well, Riley's not there at the moment, so Fish is going to have to do it himself. Springboard moonsault, but it's nothing but the canvas. James Drake gets the tag in. Now, the Grizzled Young Vets are going to kind of wear down Bobby Fish. Well, can they take advantage? Gives him with a suplex. Bobby's like a fish out of water at the moment. Drake going for the cover, but no. Fish managing to kick out. Ah, we've never used the phrase, fish is perched. On the top turn buckle. No, we haven't. We haven't. Because we know our place. Stop carping on now, James. Oh, my God. Look, Dad, I've had enough. All right, let's just get on with this. No more fish puns. Let's change our tuna. And now Drake and Gibson looking to put away Bobby Fish. It's low bridges. Drake to the outside. I'm going to carry on just for the halibut. And Kyle O'Reilly off the top. Taking him down. Well, when the chips are down, you know you need fish. So here we go, Kyle O'Reilly. Kick to the back of the heads into the suplex. Cover. One, two. two. Oh. No, Gibson managing to kick out. Uh, well, if this would be my first tournament where the, my, the, my team lost to the team that lost to the team that lost to the team that won it. <laughs> so your team was the worst team in the whole yeah, tournament. Team. Literally at the bottom of the lows and the lows. Low, low, low. It looks like if you do, we're going to put the Grizzled Young Vets away now. No, Gibson managing to fight out with a bit of help from Drake. Now James Drake gets a tag in, step up kick as Drake gets on his shoulder. But no, Bobby Fish fighting out. And now the Undisputed Era are in charge at the moment. And now just trading Drake with a super kick to O'Reilly and now Fish trying to take on Drake. Both these two men just slugging it out. Neither man really getting advantage, but Fish goes low. So does Drake. I think O'Reilly got the blind tag. Misses step up in Segura. Both of them push Drake. Pop up. Kick to the chest. And then a kick to the back of the chest as well. Now this could be the end. Oh! The Imperium theme hits. Distracting O'Reilly and Fish. Oh my God. And look at them on the stage. Just above the announce table looking on. And they are not intimidating. The Unspeakable so they're not worried about Imperium. <sighs> Well, Gibson drags Fish out. O'Reilly's up for the assisted code breaker. We've seen this before. Break into the pin. Two, three. Oh, my God. And the Undisputed Era have been eliminated. Grizzled Young Vets are in the finals, Dan. Well, NXT helping out NXT UK. Well, is that, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Eye off the ball. And a huge victory there. 
Uh, what did you think of that match? I thought it was good. I like the way Imperium kind of uh, distracted uh, Undisputed Era to kind of help the Grizzled Young Vets. Would they not have won it otherwise then? Do they not feel they was good enough to win the match? It kind of takes a bit away from the Grizzled Young Vets who are certainly the unists. Yeah, without a doubt. They look on there at the Dusty Classic trophy and they know they're the first team into the final. Like I said, just one match left in the semi-finals. What a huge one that will be. Yes, and it is Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne versus Imperium, Eichner and Barthel. Well, we get rid of a package for Ray Ripley and Tony Storm this weekend. Then we go to another break. Yes, and then Shotzi Blackheart gets a video package. She says predictable isn't in her vocabulary. And she has big cojones. Blackheart says if we think she made a statement last week when she eliminated Shayna Baszler from the Battle Royal, wait until see what she does when they go one-on-one tonight. So it's Io Shai versus Tony Storm as a lock-up and they trade takedowns while the announcers talk about their extensive history with one another. Shirai with a cross-face when we get back, but Tony counters with a roll-up. Storm is on the receiving end of several stomps after that, but gets her feet up on the charge. That's followed by a big release German suplex and a clothesline for two. Two. They trade big shots and a jaw-rattling clothesline gets another near fall for Storm. Io gets back on offense with some kicks, but goes for her 6-1-9. Tony catches it and drops the O to the floor. She charges, but here comes Bianca Belair taking her out with a forearm. So Tony Storm defeats Io Shai via disqualification. Well, Belair beats down Storm until Ra Ripley VST with a Fez press and some ground and pound. But Shirai re-emerges to hit a springboard drop kick. Bianca and Ra to the floor and Io moonsaults onto them. Storm dives onto Shirai and then heads into the ring to pick up Ripley's belt to mixed reaction from full sale. Well, Kathy Kelly catches up with the Undisputed Era. They're still hot about what happened with Imperium, but Cole says they need to focus on Keith Lee and keeping the North American Championship with Roddy. Walter and company will get theirs, whether it's tonight or on Saturday. Well, here, Dragomo, he'll prove on Saturday that he's not Finn Balor. He's invincible. So that takes us to Finn Balor versus Hakeem Wild. So Finn start, strikes quickly, hitting the forearm to the back out of a lockup, throwing Wild down and proceeding to stomp him silly. He chops and whips the former DJ Z around for a while, but Wild gets a boot up on a charge. That doesn't last long though. Finn blasts him into the corner. Coup de gras sets up for the 1916 and declares, "Yeah, better not miss before hitting it, Petito." Well, yes, Finn Balor does defeat Hakeem Wild via pinfall. And after a reminder about the main event, Kelly interviews Shayna Baszler. Shotzi thinks she made a statement. All she did was end her career before it begins. The Queen of Space says she's not going anywhere and she'll go through the entire locker room until she's Shayna three times, starting with Blackheart. The match is next, but first, some commercials and a DIY piece. So Shayna Baszler versus Shotzi Blackheart. Blackheart with a very energetic entrance. The former champ just glares at her and then quickly throws it down. Patting her on her head. Shotzi tries for submission but ends up receiving the end of a wrist lock. Well, kicks from Shotzi. Face buster. Enziguri. More kicks. Inverted cannonball in the ropes. But she takes too much time and Basler gets back with a strike. They battle on the apron when Shayna tries for a suplex. Shotzi counters into slice bread number two. She lands rough herself and takes her time following up. She goes for a senton off the top but Basler evades her and gets a Kirifuda clutch in and Blackheart fights. But... She has to tap. So Basler wins via submission and afterwards she doesn't release the hold for at least eight seconds. At least nine and a half seconds. We get a video package on the Tegan Knox-Dakota Kai rivalry. 
Knox promises to hurt Kai worse than she could ever hurt her. Dakota says Tegan is due for another injury. That match is next week. Mustache Mountain get a quick video. Then Kathy talks with Cruiserweight Champion Angle Gaza. When you're as good as him, you don't feel pressure. Doesn't matter who comes from the UK. He's not worried about Swerve. But James, it is the Broserweights. My pick, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn versus Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel for a place in the Dusty Rolls Tag Team Classic Final, baby. Yeah, so we're there, Willie. It's nearly final time. Just one more team to go through. But Dan, Navolta, the NXT UK champion, is out with Alexander Wolf. The numbers count. You know that. Are you nervous seeing those guys? Or are you still well, confident? I think Pete Dunne is more nervous seeing the man who took his title from him, James. Well, you think about the history between that done such a record-setting reign over 700 days ended by Walter. And do you think just that at ringside might put Dunn off? You know, seriously, could Dunn be in trouble here or has he got a point to prove? I don't know. I think the come out and take Volta and Wolf out. That's my prediction. Oh, yeah, and then that would lead to a fair fight. But Dunn and Riddle, again, look like tag team. But this should be a great one. Again, three guys involved in NXT UK and Matt Riddle. Uh, well, three great, very brilliant performers and Matt Riddle. Yeah, you yeah, know, very young. Very uh, athletic and that, and the future is very bright. I think NXT UK is shone in this uh, Dusty Rose Tag Classic. It's considering when you've got another NXT UK team, it's going to meet the winner of this as well. So. Absolutely. So it could be an all NXT UK final or a 75% UK yeah, NXT exactly. UK final. But still so much to come as well. Like to talk about the final of the Dusty Classic. Of course, the North American Championship as well. On the line, Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong. Indeed, yes, but Eichner gets a blind tag in when Barcel was backed up against the ropes. A nice arm drag takedown, and Pete Dunn's in a bit of trouble, or is he just starting off a bit slow, feeling out there? I do you know, it might Imperium. be mind games. Might be mind games. He might. Do you Walter think he is focusing on Walter? Yeah, I think he is. You know, you think about what Dunn has done the last six months or so since doing it. He's not done a lot, whereas Walter has been a dominant NX UK champion. And he's been there and done that. Well, this is the first time, this is the first thing Pete's done since he's lost. Yeah, James, but what's done is done and Pete needs to move on. Yeah, I know he does. But uh, (laughs) if Pete done now, look, go to Riddle and he's got Eichner. And these two guys can apart an opponent. There's no doubt about that, but can they work? James, and you thought Matt Riddle couldn't look even more of a cunt. (laughs) He's got his hair in bunches and plaits. Riddle went for the cover and he got kicked by his partner. Shame. It's just everything about Matt Riddle I don't like. Everything about him. He's got rid of his bro tash, though. That's the thing I liked about him. <laughs> <laughs> he shaved the one redeeming feature. Come on, Lightning Bath, though. Let's stop this now. We don't want to get any more points. Well, I think it's because he had hair around his mouth. He used to talk like a cunt. <laughs> well, looking for the bro ton, but uh, Barcel with the knees up. Knees up, up brother. Well, we never mentioned Dunn's facial hair. He's had a shave recently as well. He's a fourth clean-shaven guy. You don't really see that that often. Well, I don't know. Pete Dunn's got a bit of stubble. Yeah, well, Pete Dunn's always got stubble. He wakes up in the morning, he's got stubble after a clean shave. That's, his, that's, that's how tough Pete Dunn is. Well, Matt Riddle slapping across the chest like the bitch that he is. I can't believe you picked Matt Riddle in this one. I, I really I can't Pete believe Dunn. it. Well, still, it's disgusting. If if Pete Dunn teamed with Enzo Amore, would you have put them together? Pete Dunn's not that stupid, James. Well, Matt Riddle's worse than Enzo Amore. <laughs> he is! Dunn now taking out Eichner. Oh, a lovely snap German suplex, and Dunn can win this match. He's carrying Matt Riddle anyway. Uh-oh. German suplex, Dunn rolls out, lands on his feet, kick to the 
back of Eichner. And Dunn is dominating at this moment in time. Oh! Slams him down into a lovely crucifix pin attempt. But can't get a job done. Eichner managed to kick out. Uh. And Riddle just looking on at Dunn like, wow, you're such a great wrestler. I wish I could wrestle <laughs> at least an eighth as good as you At can. least one sixteenth. Like, you are so great. And Dunn now sent to the outside, but Eichner and Barthel's there. Oh, he knew. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, Eichner comes charging towards Dunn, who hit a lovely moonsault onto Barthel, but Walter's coming face-to-face with Pete Dunn. Well, the thing is, don't forget, Walter was famously known for powerbombing people on the apron. Dunn's just done that to Eichner. Oh, but Barthel comes in with a huge running uppercut. What? I'm sure there's one team that can beat the Broseweights there. It is Imperium with Walter at ringside. So you're saying if Imperium don't beat the Broseweights, they're going to beat the Grizzled Young Vets, well, the team that knocked your team out? Grizzled Young Vets are a great tag team. There's no doubt they're one of the best tag teams in the world, right? As good as Young Bucks. But the thing is about Grizzled Young Vets is that it was a surprise they got to bring that A game. At the moment, the numbers are in uh, Imperium's favour, so they need to make it count. As it, since the ad break, Barthel has just come in looking to pick apart Dunn. Well, he took too much time jumping off the second rope and goes right into a Pete Dunn right hand. And he done him good, James. Oh, he looks in serious trouble now. <clears throat> looks to this corner night and managing to get to Pete Dunn. Barthel grabbing the other arm and Pete Dunn's in a bit of trouble now. A couple of arm ringers to send Pete Dunn into a corner. No. Oh... Pete Dunn may have an injury. Well, he still fucked it though, didn't he, Pete? They don't really see him making many mistakes, but... Yeah, because he's been training with Matt Riddle. He's fucking rubbed off his mugginess onto him. Well, he's managed to, like I said, sell it quite well. Step up into Gary for Dunn, managing to recover quite well. I think Walter is in Pete Dunn's head. I think that's the thing. You don't see the man making mistakes often. He's got to go like that ringside. Can he tag in Matt Riddle? And unfortunately, he can. Riddle comes in and he's not on fire because he's a cunt. Pele kick, couple more kicks, a bro sploder suplex, a bro four, right. a bro sploder, broton, another broton, broton, bro bounce, bro kick. Oh, there we go, looking for a broplex, bro grab. Oh, bro, Brisherman, Brisherman's blowplex. And he tags in Pete Dunn, looking to put away Eitner. This could be it. And they both stomp on the hand and a kick. This could be it. One, two. No. no. Matt Riddle's kick was just so weak he didn't keep Eichner down. I load him up. Oh! Matt Riddle, you fucking moron. What'd you do that for? Went for the GTS. If Matt Riddle's cost Pete Dunn this fucking match, <laughs> I'm going to fucking beat the granny out of him. Oh, that's brilliant. Pete Dunn sent into um, Matt Riddle. It was a mistake. Riddle sent into the ring post. Imperium, take advantage. No. Well done, Matt Riddle. You ran a complete twat in this match and you are ma- a complete twat anyway he managed to get the shoulder up at two two no he got it up at bro he got it up at bro yeah bro 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 oh you got the victory and our Imperium looking to end things oh. Riddle with double knees tags in Pete Dunn the saviour of this match sends Eichner back into Barcel he gets a tag in step up kick oh he's got bad knee though oh this is not good for Pete Dunn oh my God, Cradle DDT, that'll be over, but no. Matt Riddle, even though Pete Dunn would have been able to kick out, uh, interferes in this match when he's not the legal man. But I think he actually needed that. It looked like he nearly broke his neck. Dunn's in a bit of trouble. Ah, Pete would have kicked out. Uh. 
Matt Riddle gets turned around and thrown outside. Eichner's a legal man. Barcel gets Irish whipped into the corner. Catches Pete. Paces him on a top turnbuckle. Yeah, we've seen this before. It's going to throw him into Eichner. And the power of the suplex. But Pete managing to fight out. Looks like he's got the key lock in as Riddle grabs the leg of Barthel. Double submission now. Oh, come on, not like this. No, Barthel managed to get into the ropes. That was a bit sloppy there between Riddle and Barthel again. Yeah. Didn't really do anything in the end. Riddle went out. Dunlow trying to turn it up. Bad knee and all. Matt Riddle with the blind tag. Jewel Spears. And now Pete Dunn looking to take out Barthel at ringside. I'm not even fucking calling that move. <laughs> jackhammer. What happens after the spear, Dan? Well, he hit a jackhammer, but Goldberg always, always <laughs> finishes a match. So Matt Riddle must be fucking up somewhere. <laughs> Goldberg, know. come out and spear that cunt. I know. Here's what Riddle would love. I know got the shoulder up at two. Riddle now looking to go up. Who does he think he is? Broberg. Oh. Gold bro. Bro, Broberg. I know looks more like... Goldberg, to be fair, yeah. and now he's stopping Riddle getting off the top. He's going for the Hurricane Runner. But Pete Dunning gets the tag, gets kicked off though, but Matt Riddle managing to kind of save it. Gets thrown in to the Brainbuster suplex, but Dunn's the legal man. Riddle's human, Spinebuster, kick to the chest. Oh, come on, this could be it now. Picking up Riddle. But Riddle turns into Hurricane Runner. Oh, no, so that was cool. Broman suplex. Well, Barth off the top court with Broman. Ripcord, bro knee. Brocord knee. Picking up for the bro bomb. Bro knee to the jaw. Tags in, bro done. The GTS. With a kick. One, two, three. And the Unspeaked Era didn't come out to stop appearing, so the numbers game didn't um, actually matter. But your team is through, down. What are you thinking about that? Another point. That's yeah, what I'm like thinking. It. Yeah, just a point. But match quality-wise? Um, it wasn't a terrible match. There was a few good moments in it. Uh, is this making Imperium look weak now, losing to Matt Rule? It is, with the fact that Undisputed Era didn't come out. That distraction could have helped a little bit more now. Eichner and Barfell seem a bit weak after that. Just get beat. I know Riddle and you know, Dunn got the job done. But it still didn't make sense because they could have maybe pulled even a referee out and stuff like this. The action in the semi-finals I don't think was good as the first round. But I think it's still quite a good match in places even though there's a couple of sloppy moments. But yeah, we've got our final, Dan. You've got another point. 8-6 overall in points. And our final for the Dusty Rhodes Classic 2020 will be the Grizzled Young Veterans, James Drake and Zach Gibson versus... My team, the bros awaits. Pete Dunn and some fucking toss part. Well, Dunn and Riddle celebrate on the stage and here comes the Grizzled Jung Vets. He makes fun of their name, offering the alternative joint manipulation. Gibson wants to address Pete, though. The full-sale neckbeards may think he's the best the UK has to offer, but they know he's a fraud. Well, Riddle interrupts to say he didn't even follow what Zach was saying because after he was talking about manipulating joints, he started to daydream. Dunn says that while his partner was up in the clouds, he was remembering that every time Grizzly Young Vets has stepped in the ring with him, they've lost. And the same thing will happen next week in the finals when the... Bro Zates win the Dusty Cup. Bro. Bro. We see Keith Lee get ready for his title shot. And, of course, then it is Roderick Strong versus Keith Lee. The North American champ enters with his undisputed era mates, Cole Fish. And O'Reilly lying the apron as a legion chance for Limitless 1. 
We get the standard title match spotlight intro. Are you going to bask in his glory, Jimbo? Well, Keith Lee is a man. It'll be very, very interesting to see. So, yeah, talk about basking in his glory. Keith Lee is a guy, and I love this on the podcast, one of these guys, like, unlike a Baszler or Matt Riddle, who we see at first and we think maybe we're not sh- sure about him. Yeah, we've heard about his indie credentials and all this lot, but it's never really paid off. This is the guy who's kind of grown and grown in the past six months to a year, hasn't it? You know, Absolutely, yeah, from his uh, impressive performance uh, Survivor Series to what he's been doing. He's certainly uh, over with the fans. But he has got a lot to contend with, not only with Roderick Strong, but with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and handsome Carlo Riley on the outside of the yeah. ring as well. But he's a guy that we saw, and we weren't that sure, but of course, you know, in the time since then, like the pounce with Adam Cole into the crowd and everything that he's done. You know, he's a very exciting competitor, even at the Royal Rumble, you know, when he faced off with Lesnar. It was just something good about him. There's something likeable about a big guy, which I quite like as well, you know? Yeah, but it still can't be, beat Lesnar's reaction. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Keith Lee's definitely got that. Going from, you know, yeah, he could probably be a hill. But they're saying, you know, the way he smirks and stuff like this means he's in control. I am a bit surprised he's going for the North American Championship and not the NXT title. But then again, is he ready for that yet? Or, you know, I don't know. Well, if, you know, if he overcomes Roddy Strong and Undisputed Era, I think the next logical step is to try and dethrone Adam Cole or whomever holds Goldie. Yeah, well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, with Chumper breathing down his neck. What Strong is not going to be able to do, our Keith Lee, which he has tried to do, and he's just been thrown about. We've come back for the ab break. You just see Keith Lee again. Moves like a man, you know. Like He moves like a cruiserweight, would be fair to say. With Absolutely, Keith Lee. yeah, but hits like a fucking heavyweight. Yeah, hits like a Mack truck, Keith Lee. And it's the confidence. He's not the kind of guy that shouts a lot. He's just he's quite yeah. in control of his actions. So does this mean that Undisputed Era is worried for Roderick Strong because they are out here in their numbers? I think they are. I mean, especially when you look at the Classic as well. You think about the ramifications of that. Of course, losing at Wells Collide to Imperium. It's not been a great start. And the, the prophecy of gold to come to an end tonight would be horrible. And I think everyone in the Undisputed Era, especially Adam Cole, fears what Keith Lee can do. You know, Adam Cole was sent, what, seven, at least five rows, rows with Keith Lee. At least eight rows... He was sent up to the cheap seats. Exactly, and you know, and Keith Lee is wow. a monster. Adam Cole and uh, the rare kind of talking in Keith Lee's ear has distracted him from the matter in hand, which is Roderick Strong, and it's allowed Roddy Strong to get back into this. But is there a lot that Roderick Strong can do with a man Keith Lee's size? Because you see him kind of throwing competitors up and hitting them with a variation of backbreakers. I don't think he can do that with Keith Lee unless he uses his own momentum against him. I think Keith Lee's a little bit different, and especially with someone like Dominic Dijakovic as well. You say in NXT, they usually just look the kind of the same. You're not the same in that way, but if you think about a Chumper, a Gagano, an Adam Cole, a Strong, a Pete Dunne, they're all the same kind of size, aren't they? You know, And when you've someone a little bit bigger especially with someone like Keith Lee, it will bring an added dimension you don't see a lot in NXT. Look how dominant someone like Samoa Joe was because he had that little bit of extra size and he could dominate the kind of so-called smaller guys. We don't, we don't underrate, underestimate Roderick Strong either. In this no, one, absolutely. None of using everything to his advantage. Obviously, the earlier ankle injury on Keith Lee, he's kind of put... Lee's foot on the steel steps and stomping on it. He's put it behind the steel steps and kicked the steps into it. So, you know, obviously to take the bigger man off his game and off his feet is to take out that ankle. 
But he went for a pin attempt and Keith Lee just kind of swatted him off. Well, the thing is with Strong, you know, he, he was a guy who was already the loser in NXT coming close but never got the job done. And then betraying Pete Dunne, John, in the Undisputed Era. It's kind of like a hanger on them being tag team champion throughout the year. We thought, could he be a successful singles wrestler? And he became North American champion. And to be fair, he's done a good job of it as well. You know, strong as a guy, maybe not a main eventer, but he's definitely held his own. And we've talked about, you know, how talented he is in ring. But Keith Lee trying his best to power off Roddy Strong, manages to turn over and kicks him off. But Strong, relentless, back to that leg and just kind of twists his ankle around. Well, the undisputed deal of all, we've got a plan. And when they hit the chair on the ankle, Keith Lee, a couple of weeks ago, that was their plan to use that. They didn't want him in the match, but now he's there. They've got a target, and they are like sharks that smell blood as well. They use the numbers game, but they can always pick a man apart. If you take the leg out of Keith Lee, how much of the offense you taken as well? Well, he's you know we say he's got a lot of speed and a lot of agility, but you know you can't run around if you've got a bad peg. And you're both, as JR would say, you're both the same size. When you're horizontal. I don't know, I still think Keith Lee's a bit taller. <laughs> yeah, yeah Keith Lee might be a little bit bigger, but... You get my point. Strong is a perfect game plan at the moment. Wow. His game plan's just come undone, though. As he tried right draping Lee's leg over the bottom rope and putting all his weight onto it, but Keith Lee with his strong leg, strong over the top rope. But Roddy Strong back on that leg ankle. You know, 100% Keith Lee, you would say, maybe run through Roderick Strong, but with that ankle and what Strong can do... But Lee still got a lot of power left in his weak leg. But every time he pushes off, he goes back to that ankle. Now, strong, nice step up in Seguri. And this is one of my favourite strong moves when he uses the forearms against the ropes. Uh, ducks underneath Keith Lee's attempt and just hits him from behind. Collapses Keith Lee. And maybe Keith Lee has found his limit. <laughs> this is the question. Far can he go? He's definitely got a look of a guy who's... Um, might be used on the main roster, but NXT is the main roster now, so we go to break and come back. Yeah, and Keith Lee's in a bit of control, a lovely slam suplex, oh, a lovely slam on Roderick Strong. You can tell the ankle's definitely bothering him, though. Well, Lee looking for a power slam, but Strong with a backslide, running the ropes, gets caught by Lee, and just one hand slams him down wow, to the mat. Wow, that looked cool. <laughs> it just goes for the cover, Strong gets shoulder up at two. Two! Oh. Look at that. But the Undisputed Era pulling Roddy Strong to the outside, letting him get a bit of breath back. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Undisputed Era actually just tried to get a count-out victory as well. Or DQ. Just anything to make sure Roddy walked out with a goal. You don't see it in NXT that often. That's another kind of good thing about NXT. Oh, Adam Cole distracting the referee as Bobby Fish kicks the leg out from under Lee. Strong into a DDT. Got the cover. Two. No. no. Oh, Keith Lee gets the shoulder up at two. Two. And Strong is uh, maybe a little bit worried now. If the... he isn't, he should be. Yeah, I was about to say, do you think the longer this match goes, the more it's going to help Roderick Strong in this one? <sighs> well, you know, it's uh, Keith Lee's kind of got to wonder what he's got to do to get himself back into this. He's got to kind of focus on Roderick Strong while keeping half an eye on the other three guys. And Roderick Strong just won't leave him alone at this moment in time as he's trying to fight out with punches, but every time he goes low... Strong gets a headbutt, though, to the chest, and I think that gives Keith Lee a bit of chance to recover. You know, the both men are down in the middle of the ring, and Strong has uh, put on a much better fight than I actually thought he would. I thought Keith Lee... <laughs> but then again, like I said, the story with the ankle and the numbers game, 
The Undisputed Era are desperate at this moment, and we've not seen that in NXT in quite a while. And Keith Lee, no, he can't, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks like he's got... He might regret this. And Roderick Strong's up. Goes straight for that ankle. And Strong now putting Keith Lee even higher up the top. Oh, my God. This could be dangerous. Well, Strong looking for that strong slam off the top, but Keith, luckily enough with some elbows, fights out. And the fans chant, please don't die. My settlement's exactly as Lee now struggling to get up or down. Strong oh. with a strong slam from the second. Could that be enough to put the big Keith Lee down? And he tried to drag his arm over into the count. But Lee just sitting up at one. <laughs> one. Strong trying with the elbows to the head to fight out. Lee just throws him to one side. I mean, Lee's power is something that I don't think has been touched on. I mean, I know about speed and agility. As Strong goes for the knee. Oh! Double hand overhead slap to the chest of Strong. And Lee's psyching himself up. Pounces Roddy Strong over the top rope into the Undisputed Era. And it's just Adam Cole left standing at the moment. That's I say, Trumper. But then again, last week, the uh, Dusty Classic... Imperium lost with help from ringside, so it doesn't mean that he can't get the job done as Keith Lee now clothesline. Wow, so- turned him inside out into the cover. Two, no. Strong just managing to kick out. Oh. Well, I don't think Roderick Strong knows where he is now or even knows his name. I don't want to go to school today, Mark. <laughs> that looks like Keith Lee's planning his second venture up to the oh top. Oh, my God. He is risking it all. And, but now he's got his eyes off the ball. Oh, no, wait. Second rope. Oh, well, that distraction was long enough for Roddy Strong to be able to get out of the way. He goes back to that ankle. Oh. Now he's got the grapevine locked in. Well, middle of the ring, grapevine. Lee is in serious trouble. Well, I think Lee's got the power to manage to drag himself and Roddy Strong to the rope, though. But is that ankle taking its toll? Keep trying to get that bottom rope. Slowly getting there. Oh, just gets to the bottom rope. And again, that just shows the strength to manage to move Strong's entire body. Leg back with pain. Pain. And manage to get to that bottom rope. Pain. So what can Roddy do? Oh, he's so frustrated. Keith Lee struggling to get to his feet. My ankle's certainly been through the mill. Oh. <laughs> but Keith Lee with a huge left. Now pole on the apron and so are Kyle Riley. And now Bobby Fish. And as I say their names... They get knocked off, but Strong comes in with a running knee. A single leg drop kick into the cover. Two. No. Oh. Keith managing to kick out. Uh. Two. Three. Hey, God. And Lee with the slam gets the victory over Roderick Strong just like that. Well, Marlon Ronaldo was shouting so loud, it kind of put me off what was going on. Was he called it Big Bam Slam? I don't know. It gets the job done. Keith Lee is the new North American champion. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Well, I'm actually surprised that, again, this is making undis- uh, the Undisputed Era looking very weak. The fact that there was all of them out. No one coming to kind of balance the numbers. And Keith Lee managed to kind of go through all of them, taking them all out of a huge strikes and then overcoming Roderick Strong as well. It's But again, you know, props where it's due to Keith Lee. I mean, he's someone that certainly deserves to have kind of ruined the prophecy for the Undisputed Era. So, you know, and to take it off Roderick Strong, he was the... Kind of focus point from Adam Cole before. Is he going to come back to the focus point now? Well, it's the thing, or is he in trouble with the Unspeakable Deal? There's so many questions that have been asked now and a couple that have been answered. Keith Lee gets his job done. The prophecy is done for the Unspeakable Era. 
Keith Lee is your new North American champion. Those are facts, and what happens next is anyone's guess. But tonight, Dan, we have just got to bask in the glory of the new North American champion, Keith Lee. Bask in his glory indeed. All right, let's move on to our next episode, and it's January 29th. Well, we get highlights of last week, and no mention of Worlds Collide or Royal Rumble. Bring us to the desk at full sail. Mara Ronaldo kicks it to Beth Phoenix, who talks about how it's hard to be here because she'd rather be by her husband's side after he was attacked by the legend that is Randy Orton on Monday. No, that's horrible. That I mean, how dare Randy Orton do that after it? You said your favourite moment was Edge's return, and then your favourite Randy Orton does that. How's actions for a second here? It's a way to get his name out there with everyone, and if you didn't already know who Randy Orton was, you're going to know even more. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I open the match with a set up by Finn Balor's issues with Mustache Mountain, which we see, and it's Finn Balor versus Trent Seven. Well, Ronaldo, Phoenix, and Nigel McGuinness are talking about the bruised larynx Seven suffered when Balor attacked him in the park and nails him with a baseball slide during Trent's entrance. The Artful Dodger regroups and gets in the ring, and Balor charges and wipes him out of the bell. He stomps him down on the apron, throws him to the outside, and dives to continue the assault there. Finn brings him back in to work the neck and hits a standing stomp for two. Two. Hang on. An elbow gets a near fall. And Seven gets two. Two. On a cradle when Balor sets up for the 1916. Trent gets a sling blade for an attempt and Finn goes back to work over his throat and neck with holes and chops as we go to a pip. Well, Seven gets back into gets back into it on the small screen when he hits a super kick off of ref break. And he's lost and regained that advantage by the time we're done with the ads. Suplex, back fist and lariat gets him a near fall. He hits a tope to the outside, but Finn rolls in and climbs to the top, but Balor chops the back of his knee. He whips Trent into the corner, coup de grace, 1916, and that is it. Yeah, Finn Balor defeated the Husky. Well, Kathy Kelly interviews with Broserweights. Matt Riddle says all he can see when he looks in his bro from another mo, Pete Dunn's eyes, love. Dunn says he's been to the Dusty Classic final before. His chance to redeem himself. If he has to break all of Zach Gibson and James Drake's fingers to do it, he will. Riddle thinks that's a little extreme, but agrees they're earning a title shot tonight. We get a quick video on Tegan Knox and Dakota Kay's rivalry. After a break, we see a weird silent video with the numbers 5, 2 and 20 highlighted in circles. Bingo. Well, we've got Shotzi Blackheart versus Yona Paratsu next. Well, Shotzi enters in a mini tank. This was set up by Peruzzo's attack on Shotzi video last week. And Blackheart eliminating her from the Battle Royal two weeks back. Well, Blackheart starts fast, but Deanna blocks an arm, drags to take control. She works the arm and covers the two. Two. After two short arm clotheslines. Shotzi gets a net break and has changed momentum. A splash and a strike gets another two. Two. Deanna up with a bicycle kick, but Blackheart with a lung blower, then a senton off the top for the win. Well, Shotzi Blackheart defeats Deanna Peruzzo by pinfall. Well, we see more, some more images of Keith Lee's North American champ. will speak to us next. But first, some commercials and a video package on Worlds Collide. Then the Limitless One enters with his new belt into a house that's very excited to see him and bask in his glory. He introduces himself and takes him back to where he was chosen, which belt to take. Now that he has a North American strap, he's not only a moment maker, he's a prophecy ender. And next on his list... Well, before he can finish, Damien Priest's music hits... The Archer of Infamy likes taking things. Group of women or a priceless possession. He usually gets what he wants, so he wants to know how Keith is going to give him the title. 
But then more music hits, and it's Lee's frenemy, Dominic Dijakovic. Well, DD says they've been through their battles, and if anyone deserves it, it's him. But if anyone deserves to be the one to challenge him first, it's him. Certainly not the bootleg Marilyn Manson. Lee says they have a debate to settle, so he's leaving Dijakovic. Grabs him, and then Priest grabs him. Damien levels Dom with a strike, and here comes the referee. Yes, and it is Damien Priest versus Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, they brawl around for a little bit and then back in. They both hit boots at the same time and go down. Priest is up first and climbs up, but Dominic catches him with a super kick. He gets him on his shoulders in the middle ropes. That's counted into a poison runner by Priest. Then he gets two. Two. DD Regroup shoves Damien into the turnbuckle to stop his follow-up, then gets feast your eyes for the win. Yes, well, Dominic Dijakovic defeats Damien Priest via pinfall. Well, we see grizzled young veterans get ready as Ni- Nigel narrates highlights of their path to the finals. Kathy catches up with Tommaso Ciampa backstage. He says at TakeOver Portland, Goldie's coming home. He produces a pipe-looking thing and smacks some rigging and says, Tonight, Daddy makes sure of it. <coughs> well, we return to see a PA running down a hallway. He turns the corner and, oh, look, it's Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They're all laid out. Well, Ciampa comes walking out of the darkness with his pipe. And walks to the ring set up with a table. He spray paints an X on it as we see Cole check on his boys, ask who did this and storm out to the stage. <clears throat> well, here comes Adam Cole and he asks Chumpa who he thinks he is. Just because he got hurt, he can attack the Unsputed Era. Tomas has never lost that title and he's the guy who's going to kick Cole's ass and powerbomb him through this table. He's Goldie's daddy and in Portland, Goldie is coming home. <clears throat> Blood on well, General Manager William Regal is out and says that while this carnage was going on, he was meeting with Cole. The champ doesn't care who he faces at takeover, and Regal was heading out to get Tommaso to sign it. Cole says he's got this, grabs the contract and heads to the ring. Champa charges and the champ cheap shots him with the mic. Well, he looks to start the beat down and gets set to use his belt as a weapon, but Champa recovers and fires back. He ends up putting Cole through the table, as promised. He signs a contract, and at the crowd's urge, he wipes some blood from a cut on his head over it. It was a fantastic visual, obviously an accidental cut, yeah. but as he's standing there, and the crowd goes, use his blood, and he does that, and the dripping, and it kind of symbolism, because in his in mind, the gold is in his blood, so now the blood yeah. is on the gold in that mind. Yeah. yeah, it's a good symbolisation. You know, it's something that accidentally happens, but it couldn't play out any better. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that was really, really good. Well, the announced team run down are three announced matches for Portland, and that segues to highlights of the number one contender, Bianca Belair, in the Rumble. She and Champ Rao Ripley meet next week. Kaya versus Knox is next. But first, commercials and highlights of Jordan Devlin's Cruiserweight title win at Wells Collide. He'll be here next week. So, yes, it is Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai. Knox is all business and enters carrying her knee brace. Kai enters to black and white footage of her war games attack on her former friend. She enters to get the knee brace thrown in her face and rocked with a forearm. Dakota recovers to counter charge in the corner. She hits a Yakuza kick but then takes a corner sent on from Knox. The action spills outside all the way to the base of the stands. Tegan slams Dakota face first into the side of the stands as the referee gets closer to 10. When Knox rolls to the break count, she returns with a boot to the face. Kai gets a chair, but the Welsh woman recovers and whips her into the post. She rolls Dakota in and goes for the chair. The official talks her out of it, but Dakota gets the brace. He's knocked out from her hands and Kai is sent outside. Knox goes up for a dive, but gets hit with a forearm. While she's hung up in the ropes, Kai goes for a chair, but Lorraine runs in to stop her. Tegan uses the distraction to get the brace. She clocks Dakota with it and throws it away before the ref notices. Shiniest wizard. And then Tegan Knox defeats Dakota Kai via pinfall. 
Yes, Lorraine Knox celebrate while Kyle stews, and we see the Broserweights warm up to highlights of their two wins. So we've got Chelsea Green versus Caden Carter next, and Green enters with her manager Robert Stone. Well, a drop kick from Carter, but Chelsea isn't phased for long. She hits the boot on the apron and a drop kick of her own for two. Two. Boot off a whip, then Green throws Caden face first into the turnbuckle, then follows up by kicking her into it as Stone slow claps his approval. His client works the neck and goes for an unprettier, but that's counted into a roll-up, more kicks, and then Green hits a big boot and taunts the crowd saying it's done, but Carter rolls her up. And so Caden Carter defeats Chelsea Green via pinfall. Stone pleased with the ref while Chelsea freaks out. And up next, it is the main event, Dan, the Dusty Rhodes Classic Final. Your men have gone through to, to each round. Who did they defeat in the first round, Dan? Um, oh, they defeated the South Wales, Mr. Morgan Flash and Mark Andrews. And then, of course, in the semi-finals, They defeated the tag team known as Imperium. Imperium. Yes, of course, two unforgettable matches. And uh, on the other side of it, the Grizzled Young Veterans fluked their way through the first round against the Time Splitters. My picks were out first round. And uh, then, of course, last round against the Under... No, yeah, against the Undisputed Hero. Shocking everybody, thanks to Imperium. This is the final, of course, we'll uh, run for the scores of each match as we get here. Danny, surprised that your bros have got this far? I am not surprised. No, I have all faith in Pete Dunn. Matt Riddle, on the other hand, he's the weak link in the team. But as long as Pete's carrying the team, it's all good. So, Dan, at the moment, if you win, to win this, it would be two points for the winner. So, overall, it will be four points for the Dusty Rose Classic. Of course, I uh, and throughout have zero. Yes. But is it interesting that they're not dressed as a tag team at this moment in time? Well, you can see Matt Riddle's kind of doing a... Uh, a shout-out to Kobe Bryant, and Pete Dunn's probably never even heard of Cody Bryant. <laughs> and now Riddle's in there going after James Drake and the Grizzly Young Veterans, like I said, are the uh, surprise outfit of this year's Dusty Classic. <clears throat> Drake went for the sunset flip, but Riddle caught him. So do you think the Grizzly Young Vets deserve to be here? Uh, I think, yes. If they're going to beat my pick, I'd rather have them win. If there was a chance to beat you... I, 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 you know that I, I take that I'm just glad my team doesn't lose to you in the final which maybe could have been a way but it means that maybe Grizzly Young Veterans do you think they could last on NXT full time or do you think NXT UK is more fit for them I think um, they certainly are able to stand their ground on NXT uh, you know they're as good as any other team on the show um, I think NXT UK would miss them too much though yeah, I, I think that would be the thing as well. The tag team division at the moment is pretty strong. In the next UK, you don't really want to take it away. Whereas I think with the the America one, maybe the tag team division has never been the strongest per se. But Riddle at the moment has started strong. He's got a point to prove. He wants to win something for the next time. Well, tandem offences, the more matches these two go through, the more they're working well together. James Drake running the ropes, Pete Dunn ducking and diving over him and hits him with a knee. And again, Pete Dunn taking out James Drake and then Zach Gibson as he was behind him from the apron. He's just so fluid sometimes, isn't he, the way what Pete Dunn can do. But that's come unstuck with a shoulder breaker on the outside. Zach Gibson managing to catch Pete Dunn with an assisted shoulder breaker from James Drake who jumped over the top rope. Oh my God. And Pete Dunn is, is sometimes just so fluid in his movements. Good young veterans though, especially that British style... He'll be able to counteract that somewhat. And Riddle has not been out of place, to be fair to him, in this tournament. 
Of course not, he's learning from Pete Dunne. Stomped on the foot of James Drake and just slapping away at the chest. <coughs> well, the thing about Dunne, it's not just that he's so respected, is it? It's just this, uh, it's one of these things, like you said, with another wrestler. We're going to put him with him because he's so respected by the fans. They'll never be Riddle or whoever's teaming up with him. Riddle's a guy maybe seems a bit arrogant, but with T- Pete Dunne, he's just got that respect. So you just won't boo him. Pete Dunne turns James Drake inside out with a suplex, but James Drake... Well, he gets a tag. Pete Dunne's been worked on for a little while. Man, she lands on his feet now from Zach Gibson. A German suplex. Trying to get across to Matt Riddle. But Pete Dunne jumps over Gibson. Jumps into a tag for Riddle. He hops over the top rope. Takes out Gibson. Takes out Drake. Turns the attentions back to Gibson with a PK. No, it's your boys looking to get the victory. Gibson's in a bit of trouble. <coughs> but nice avoidance there. Oh, twice. Third time was a charm for Riddle, though. <coughs> Deadlift German with a bridge. Two. No. Gibson managing to kick out. Oh. And Gibson over the jawbreaker, cha- tagging in Drake. It's a spear, takes out Drake. Well, what happens after the spear, Dan? Oh, jackhammer onto Gibson. He is this generation's Bill Goldberg, isn't he, really, as he, as he tags in Pete Dunne. A ripcord knee, and Pete Dunne hits James Drake from behind. Powerbomb with a knee to the back. No. no. Drake just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. You've got to credit James Drake's toughness to be caught in there. You've got to think the strikes of Riddle and Dunne are so probably one of the worst in NXT to take. And now he's got a suplex. No, Drake throws Pete over the top turn, but over the top rope. Elbows Riddle, tags in Gibson. That's a two-on-one assault. Oh! Lovely innovative move there from the Grizzled Young Vets into a cover, but only a two-camp. Two. <coughs> Gibson Gibson just going to work on Riddle. Suplexing him down. This could be it. Come on. No. Riddle, though, being tough. Showed up at two. Two. On a chop to the chest, but Gibson responds with a slap. Tells Riddle to hit him back and... Riddle does only to eat a couple of knees and punches. And now picks Riddle up. Got to suplex him. No. Standing switched by Gibson. James Drake with a blind tag. Throws Riddle against the ropes. Drake goes low. Gibson with a slot back kick. Well, that was beautiful. Taking off Pete Dunn off the apron. Drop kick off the assist with Gibson. And now this could be the end. Stuff up in Seguri. Net breaker into a super kick. No. Then he super kicks each other. Gibson caught it low. And then Dunn and Riddle managed to hit knees and kicks. Riddle with a powerbomb. Turns Gibson all the way round. Knee to the face. One, two. The two. Two. And Drake there. So close. I can tell you're nervous, Dan, with your two picks. Or your picks, even, to win. I'm quietly confident. Another tournament win. Yeah, I'd say you, you seem a little bit more chilled out than you have done previous tournaments, I would say. Well, you know what I'm like with tournaments, James. I just ace them. Well, now Riddle with a broton. Bro Buster suplex. No, but Drake still managed to get the shoulder up at two. Bro. A broton across the back of Drake. And a broast for Drake up. Hits a lovely DDT. Can he get across to Zach Gibson? Well, Gibson now, the fresh man, managed to get in. So does Pete Dunn, though. And these two men know exactly what the other's capable of. As they're chopping, punching, slapping away at each other. <laughs> and that's what you call an exchange. Pete Dunn with a lovely snap German. Stomps her fingers. Looks for the kick across the head. Gibson had it scouted. Tries rolling up Dunn, who rolls through. Ankle lock, submission, locked in. And Riddle now with a takedown down into the ankle lock. And simultaneous by the Broza weights. 
Gibson trying to roll through. So does Drake. Sends both the bros weights to the outside. We're going to have break. And then when we come back, Gibson's got Dunn on his shoulders. Drake off the top. But Pete Dunkite rolls through. Pins Gibson one, two. No. no just a two count. Two. And Gibson, you can just hear the huge forearm. Goes to the throat of Riddle as he was trying to get on the apron. <clears throat> Dunn recovers, but was just about to perch on the top rope to flip over Gibson. But James Drake with a kick. Now, Gibson helps Drake to the outside to take Jesus. out Riddle. And Drake went diving there. Lucky to land safe. Gibson doesn't usually go up, but he's off the second. And the ticket to ride into One, the cover. Two. two. No. <sighs> and Pete Dunn somehow managing to kick out. Uh. And here we go. Shankly Gates. Look at who end it. There's a move Nigel McGuinness used to know and love. As we see it now, used by Zach Gibson. James Drake pulling the bottom rope away from Pete Dunn's grasp. <clears throat> oh, now Riddle comes in to break it up. And Drake's on the back now. Riddle up to his feet. Oh! <laughs> his back spears Zach Gibson. Now all four men down in the ring. Who will win the Dusty Classic? And now Gibson managed to roll over, slide into James Drake. Whispering a win gets Quates, who plants him onto the back of Gibson. And now both men got the uh, opponent's hands. Joint manipulation. And now Dunn picks him up. Bitter end. One, two, no. Drake managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Again, saving his team in this match. Fair play, James Drake. Might be in trouble now, though. Uh, looking for a spiked tombstone. As Pete Dunn was up, coming off the top, Jay, uh, Zach Gibson bounces him off and drapes his arm across the top rope. Well, Drake went to the pin on Riddle, but Riddle got shot up at two. Two. And now exchanging Drake with the insecurity. Uses Matt Riddle to take out Pete Dunn on the edge of the ring apron. Uh-oh, and now they're in trouble. Fucking hell. Pete Dunn gets taken out. Well, that's it. Dunn's done in this one. What's that, the doomsday device? It looks like a doomsday on the outside. And now two-on-one situation. Situation. Matt Riddle doing his best to try and fight out. <clears throat> And this is how they won their first NXT titles when they did this to Mustache Mountain. Now look at twin things. Suplex from Gibson to Riddle. James Drake with a 450. Gibson into the cover. One, two, two no. no. And how is Matt Riddle still managing to kick out? Uh. And now again, double team move. How the hell is Bup? Well, bitter end. On a combination slam by both men. Now both going up. Broton and a moonsault. And is this it, Dan? I do hope so. GTS with a peak done kick thrown in for good measure. Into the cover. One, two, three. Uh, I do love it when a tournament comes together. And the winner of the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic 2020 is me. Well, no, Dan. It's Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle. But yes, you did get two points. Two. winner. So overall, Dusty Classic, four points. Clawed back in for all. Uh, Pete, then, what do you think of the final match? Don't I get an extra point for a perfect score? No, of course you fucking don't. Um, the perfect match, I have to say that, for me, James Drake was the man of the match. I thought he performed brilliantly. He was uh, he kept his team in it a couple of times. He was just flying about all over the ring. It was a very entertaining match, though, to be fair, and it was one that you know both teams certainly deserved to get the victory in. Yeah. 
I think the biggest shock, of course, Tyler Split is getting knocked out in the first round. I think the best match of the Dusty Classic was in the first round as well with uh, the Welsh subculture group of, you know, Zach, um, Andrews and Webster Morgan Flash. Uh, versus, I think, would you agree with me on that one? That was the best Yeah, match? I'd have to say it was, yeah. Yeah, I got that four and a quarter out of five anyway. So that was the best one overall. What are your thoughts on the 2020 Dusty Rhodes Classic? Um... It's not been as full of surprises as Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic Joyable. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, I think all the teams put in a, you know, like I said, a good effort. And I think NXT UK having a presence was quite good, like getting a guy, getting the team through to the final. And I think, you know, each match actually gave a little bit. There was no duds here, was there? You know, even the, the kind of first round matches were quite good. Could they expand it really? Could they have ended it at a takeover and maybe meant a little bit more? Or are they not doing it because of Cody Rose and AEW? Um, yeah, it could possibly be that. I don't think they want to make a huge deal out of it, but they want to make a big deal out of it. Well, that is it. The Bruiserweights win. The Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic means bonus the points. The Bruiserweights. The Bruiserweights, it means the Tag Team, you get the points, Dan. It's uh, <laughs> I get all the marbles. That's what I'm trying to say. Is uh, it's eight eight overall on bonus <laughs> points because we do have a prediction leagues as well, and we've got the uh, the pay per view ones which we're drawing on at the moment. NXT's not so much, but you could always change that tomorrow night. That could change tomorrow night. Don't worry about that. It won't, but still, you can dream, can't you? Well, we move on to February 5th, and it's how we get highlights of last week, and a certain segment from Monday Raw takes us into the show where Mario Ronaldo. Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix welcome us full sale and welcome Dusty Classic winners the Broserweights to the show. As Matt Riddle promised Pete Dunne in their fallout video last week he's found a way to take the trophy around with him. A custom golf cart. Riddle wearing a tie and no shoes or socks talks about how they've been celebrating all week. He shouts out the new Broserweights mobile. Dunne says the last thing he ever thought that he'd be in a tag team with the original bro. But in Portland they'll become tag champs. He starts to wonder about getting a trophy where he's where, there when the Undisputed Era music hits. Or Kyle O'Reilly refused to acknowledge them as a team. They're Matthew Riddell and Peter Doon. He doesn't want us to wait until TakeOver, so they won't. Until Roger Strong runs in and counsels them against it. Bobby Fish says they have bigger fish to fry, which cracks Matt up and gets him to make how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry a fish. A thing. Pete doesn't care because in Portland they're going to smoke fish. O'Reilly. Well, we go on to our first match, and it's Angel Garza versus Asaya Swerve Scott. We see highlights of Garza taking out Rey Mysterio on Monday, and Maro reminds us that it was Scott who was pinned in the match where Angel lost the Cruiserweight title. Well, we get a standard Cruiserweight opening sequence, then Garza kicks Swerve in the midsection while he tries a cartwheel evasion. Former champ tries for Saint of the Ropes, but Scott counters into a Rana. The face on a roll, but he's a kick when he tries for a dive and swept to the floor as we go to a commercial... Garza works the heat on the small screen as soon as we return. Scott gets a little bit of an offence as he returns a chop, but an airplane spin and super kick with a pants doffing in between gets an ear full. Well, Scott counters a springboard suplex into a German of his own, hits the flatliner for two. Two. Kicks and strikes as a follow-up, but when Swerve returns from the apron, he gets a boot to the face. They battle on their knees and Garza lands a series of headbutts. Something in the corner is countered in a devastating-looking destroyer-looking move. That almost ends. Scott goes up too, but Garza catches him, tries to distract him with his pants, but Swerve catches him and throws him back, along with a house call for two. Two. 
Ungale fights out for half and half and then crotches Scott. He follows that with a wing clipper to end it. Yeah, so he beats Swerve and then Garza gets the mic. He says he's beat Scott to cut cousin Humberto Carrillo and a legend named Rey Mysterio. He never lost his title and he wants it back. He knows Jordan Devlin is in the building and he'll be watching him. Well, Nigel throws it the Undisputed Era, terrorising folks looking for Tommaso Ciampa. Some, dad, some dude is getting a haircut, so of course, Roddy buzzes him. After some commercials, Mercedes Martinez gets a hype video, and we see Sergeant Slaughter in the seats. Is he making a return to NXT? Maybe. Sergeant S. Laughter. Well, our next match is Dominic Dijakovic versus Killian Dane. During Dane's entrance, we see the video they released from the Performance Centre earlier today setting up this match. Well, a boost of Belfast charges at a bell and in the brawl for a while till Dane clotheslines Didi over the top. Tries to send Dijakovic into the post, but Dom reverses and cannonballs off the steps onto Dane. Back and he goes for the discus clothesline, but it's met with a huge crossbody from the Irishman as we go to a break. The trailer blows when we return, but Dane is still in control till Dijakovic shows his strength for a throw and chokeslam that gets two. Two. He heads up top, which is a mistake because he gets caught and eats a superplex. Well, Killian took too much damage and can't cover. They trade boots and then Dijakovic gets one more for two. Two. He then climbs again for a moonsault, but Dane evades, drop kick and cannonball. But Dom grabs the boot to stop the Vader bomb. They battle on the ropes and Dijakovic hits Feast Your Eyes. Yeah, so he defeats Kenny and Dane and we learn that the winner will challenge for the North American Championship in Portland and Keith Lee is out to discuss this on the stage. Well, backstage, Undisputed is still looking for Chomper and they run into Kushida. He fights back to their bullying tactics but en- ends up being put for a production cart for his trouble. Bronson Reed shows up to stand up to them, but he ends up taking a high knee from Roddy. High knee. Morrow interviews Johnny Gagano and Finn Balor, who are both elsewhere. Finn's been waiting years for this match to prove Johnny's not the next him. Gagano said he's not the next Finn. He's the only him. The best shot of the promo battle is Johnny saying he wants the NXT Balor, not the guy who lost to Bobby Lashley for 18 straight weeks. Finn says that the guy is dead. Gagano's going to take the NXT flag he's flown in Balor's absence and drive it straight through Finn's heart. Finn said, don't have a heart. And we got Casey Cantazero versus Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, this doesn't take much time for Martinez to take control. She gets a quick near full. After a few more strikes, she goes for a delayed vertical suplex. Holds it for an impressive amount of time. I think at least 45 minutes. At least 58 minutes. But Casey slips out the back. You like that. Cantazaro flies into the corner and hits a Rana for two. Two. She heads outside and looks for a springboard move, but launches into a strike. She gets sent back to the floor and Mel see the ring post, then off the back barricade multiple times, back in a Fisher Woman's Buster, ends it. Yes, Martinez defeats Cantazaro. Kathy Kelly interviews Raya Ripley, asking her about a challenge to Charlotte Flair. The champ's number one concern is Bianca Belair, but it's nice of the Queen to show up. Well, Beth reminds us that it's Tegan and Dakota's takeover street fight. Then we see Ira looking for Chumper outside. Tommaso finds them taking out Fish, O'Reilly and Strong from the back. Then brought Adam Cole. He smashes the announce table with Cole's head and then sits on it to pat himself on the back. That allows the other three members of the group to catch him. They form in the ring. Bros awaits to make the save and is out trying to break it up. The faces clear the ring but general manager Renan Regal's had enough. He tells everyone to get their gear on. This is getting settled tonight. The Undisputed Era don't wait and hit the ring to resume the melee. Officials finally seem to take control, but not for long. A pile of bodies moves to the stage where they finally are separated. Well, a new cruiserweight champ enters once the stage clears because he's scared of all the other wrestlers that have beat him. And it is Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Breeze. The champ kicks Prince Pretty off the apron when he goes for his entrance pose theme. We go to commercial with Devlin posing with his cruiserweight title in the ring. 
Breeze is getting his butt kicked when we return for commercial. Tyler gets back in with a pop over a whip and a couple of kicks. He covers, but Devlin quickly regains control. Breeze attacks the left knee, eventually wrapping it around the post twice. While Jordan begs for mercy, Prince Pretty continues his Devlin fights back and we get a chop battle. Well, Breeze ends that with a drop kick that gets two. Two. Elbows and a neck crank, but Devlin gets free with a European uppercut. He ducks under a charge that sends Jordan to the outside, but takes too long following up a PK from the apron. By Devlin is followed by a moonsault off the top. Both men barely break the 10 count and it takes a while for them to get to their, f- their feet in the ring. Striking exchange is won by Devlin. A standing moonsault gets two. Two. As we get another break. Well, Devlin is wary but in charge when we get back. He block- Tyler blocks the side suplex and gets a foot up on a charge to get a roll and kick with four arms and a clothesline gets two. Two. On the Irish ace. Devlin fights back into it and hits a crossbody off the top. But Breeze rolls through for two. Two. The champ does not cover off a Spanish fly. Follow-up moonsault of the top lands. Crotch first on Tyler's feet. Breeze grabs a single-leg crab, and when Devlin rolls through, he lands the supermodel kick for two. Two. I'm pretty accounted, and a float-over cutter gets two. Two. The after another striking exchange, it ends with a headbutt, and Devlin's side suplex hits, and that's it. Yes, Jordan Devlin defeated Tyler Breeze via pinfall. And we are told Bianca Blair and Rhea Ripley face-to-face is next. Then we see Charlotte arrive in a limo. Well, the EST is out first in a dope melanin shirt. She says in a little more than a week, she's going to Portland to become champ. But Rhea must have forgotten about that because she went to Raw and got in Charlotte's business. She doesn't care about any queen, which, of course, prompts Charlotte Flair's music. Well, Charlotte makes her way to the ring. She gets a welcome home chant and she loves an NXT. Woo! She puts over how much she thinks of Belair, but says this isn't about her. Before Flair can get much further, Ripley arrives. She steps to the queen and when the EST tries to step between them, Flair puts a hand in her face and Blair flips out while Rhea demands an answer. Well, Bianca interrupts and says, excuse me, don't even go here to Flair. At WrestleMania, it will be her versus Charlotte. Flair laughs and takes a second and says this is a conversation for champions. The EST starts to flip again, but Rhea stands up for her and tells Charlotte not to come into her house and disrespect them. They have a saying, we are NXT. Belair blasts Flair while her attention is on Ripley. They kick her to the corner, then lift her up and slam her down face first. Yeah, but their truth doesn't last long if they start drawing about Portland right after taking out the Queen. Bianca exits the ring to end the segment. We're reminded Poppy will Portland and it's main event time. So it's the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus Matt Riddle, Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa. The faces attack on the ramp during Undisputed's entrance. After they take out the legal men, they attack Strong and end up putting him off the stage. Ciampa may have hurt his knee in this tag or he's selling it like an Oscar winner. The trainer checks on him while the camera stays away from the baby face corner. Well, it's pretty much chaos while that's going on. On the turn for Strong finally allows Yira to take control. Dunn gets worked over, eventually get rid of. He cleans house and Cole heads outside to regroup with his boys as we go to split screen commercial. Chumper remains on the apron. He hasn't <coughs> shown signs of re-entering. Unspeakable works the numbers game riddle and isolates him in the corner while he adds play. Well, Chumper's back on his feet. Sorry, that and the 2-5-20 reveal are the main things I'm interested in at this point. Riddle and O'Reilly grapple a bit, but the bro pops up after a German hit to hit one of his own. After a high knee, he recovers and heads to the corner. This action leads to Chumper being taken out and Dunn is pulled off the apron. The Bruiser 8 recovers and gets the tag. He cleans house and gets two off an X-Plex. Two. Cole comes back in and heads up top for a Panama Sunrise, but jumps into a forearm. He recovers to hit an Ushigaroshi for two. Dunn makes it to the corner and here comes Chumper. 
Oh, everyone is cleared out, including Strong and with Willow's bell. He wipes out O'Reilly and tells him to tag Cole in for a showdown of the takeover opponents. They battle and Cole ends up levelling the bros' weights with super kicks, but Chumper catches him, the one that aimed at him, Strong in with a high knee, the save, and the DQ. Well, yes, Tommaso Chumper and the bros' weights defeated Undisputed Era via disqualification. All right, so he's disqualified here. Strong wasn't involved. And here comes the beatdown continues. And the Undisputed Era have not been the great moon. It's all thanks to them. We've seen how unsuccessful they've been recently. Losing the North American Championship. Losing losing the Dusty Classic. And you can tell they're desperate at this moment in time. Well, Riley and Fish turn their attention to Pete Dunne. And this is not good. These two teams facing off a takeover. Uh, kick to the back of the head as a suplex lands. Dunne on the outside. Matt Riddle looking to get up though. And Riddle could be in serious trouble. A high low for him. That's Roddy Strong, O'Reilly, and Carl. Oh my word! With Chomper in the ring, and a lovely suplex into a backbreaker, and the four unspewed era, and the one of Chomper, and this is a beatdown on the way to Portland. Yes, and Chomper's head's busted open again. We saw what the championship meant. To- uh, they've got some yellow spray paint, the same spray paint that Tommaso Chomper sprayed an X on the table just before putting Adam Cole through it. X marks the spot and we're going to find out. There's no one brave enough to stand up to the Undisputed Era at this point. They still dominate the company. They're just a beat down now. Well, they're telling the Era to lift up Chumper. And we're going to get one last shot. Adam Cole telling Chumper he's a joke. As he pulls a padding down on his knee. Oh, wait. What's this, the lights? 2520. The numbers come up again. What is 2520? The Velveteen Dream, who's perched up on the top turnbuckle, takes down the Undisputed Era. The Dream is back. Velveteen Dream's back. But it's a nightmare for the Era. (laughs) And he's taken out the entire Undisputed Era. Oh, my God. Oh, Velveteen Dream is back. Oh. Super kick to Carl. Dream Valley driver to Roddy Strong as he rips his trousers off. Ravishing Rick Rude Wiggle. And he's just going after Roderick Strong. Is that Roderick Strong's wife and child? Well, I have no idea, but whoever they are, Velveteen Dream is back and laser focus on the Undisputed Era. And the fans chatting, welcome back. Dan, what do you make of Velveteen Dream's return? Well, it's good to see him back. I'm glad I've finally found out what them ominous circle meant. And yeah, it can only mean good things for NXT. Right, so sure. what what have you thought of NXT this month for the Dusty Classic involved? Uh, I think it's been highly entertaining, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Obviously, I enjoyed that very much. Um, but yeah, you know, the whole story going through it has been very good as well. You know, we've seen uh, the Charlotte bits. We've seen, you know, kind of Bianca Belair not wanting Charlotte to get involved just yet because it's her chance against Ray Ripley. We've kind of seen who the challenger is for Adam Cole's title. We've seen... You know, the story between Finn Balor and Johnny Gagano as well. It's all culminating together to be really good. Without a shadow of a doubt. So tomorrow night we will be live. 
uh, as we go through to you and do everything that we do on a live show. So we're just going to run through the car quickly so we know what it's going to be for TakeOver Portland. We've got a street fight. It's Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. We've got Finn Balor versus Johnny Gagano. The North American Championship, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. We've got the NXT Tag Team Championship, the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus the Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. The NXT Championship, Ray Ripley, the champ versus Bianca Belair. And we've got the NXT Championship, Adam Cole, the champion, versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, so it's looking really good on paper, isn't it? So what we'll do tomorrow, uh, of course, our live show, we'll run through the card and give you everything else that we've got. But that's the NXT update for tonight. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at doublepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can find our page and give us a like with a WNR podcast. You can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WNR podcast. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. It's our place like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows. Stitch Radio and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. Thanks for listening. We'd like to say tomorrow night, we are live for TakeOver Portland. But until then, I have been James Rowlands. And as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye.